0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we are back from our summer hiatus. Summer break.
1: It's, a, it's summer gone break. already. In yeah, fact, it's... summer's gone already. It was, well, it was it was a very quick break, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just it wasn't really a break. It was just like we had a bit of time away from the studio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We pre-recorded uh, a show to put in there yeah. while, while you
0: was on your honeymoon. Yes. Um, but we'll get into that because I'm, yep. sure, I'm sure you're going to be sharing some of that in your beer adventures. Uh, we have beer in glass um, straight away. We're starting off with uh, a
1: beer, another beer from, from Brew York. From Brew York. So first of all, thanks again to Brew York for sending such a wonderful selection through. Oh, absolutely. 11 different beers. 11 different beers. I
0: think over the last show and this show... We're actually going to have covered all eleven of them. Yes, as, as, as well. So, but there's a there's a very specific reason why we're doing the rest of them um, tonight
1: because tonight's all going to be about fruit. And after this one, this first beer, the next four beers all have fruit oh, present. Fruity as a fruity so, theme. First of all, let's say cheers.
0: Yeah, cheers. So this is um, time traveling taxi. It's a DDH parallel
1: coming in at five point seven percent. Got a really nice nose, you know. It has, yeah. It doesn't have that sort of sweetness that I was almost expecting. There's, I
0: mean, it's it's quite like uh, it's almost got a nose of almost like
1: orange or lemon squash. Yeah. To it. It's quite a light mouthfeel actually. In fact, it's a very lively can, but it's a very light frothy head. It it's is. not like that sort of thick. Doesn't. It's sort of what, it's almost like um, when you put fairy liquid in something.
0: it's yes, that, sort of, yes. that
1: Sort of head retention.
0: It is really light, but it's also really, really carbonated. So yes. It's, so it's 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 it feels like it's really really tight in in, in the mouth. Yeah. It's it? not
1: it's it's, it, it's 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 um it's not a, a very fizzy gassy. Um, I was just going to say on the can it, I hadn't noticed it before, but the arrival time of the time traveling taxi is minus ten minutes. So yeah, I think I'm sure I
0: remember reading somewhere that it. It, it it's based on um, ordering taxis on an app that give you an estimated arrival time. So they do Uber and those kind of ones. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, they magically arrive outside. Yes, e- even though there still was supposedly twenty minutes. Oh, okay, time.
1: that's quite that's that's quite I quite like that. Um, I have to admit I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised by how much I'm enjoying the beer so far because I've got that impression in my head. I've got the impression in my head these days that a DDH is going to be very thick, very fulsome. Yeah, almost. I'm struggling sometimes to discern the difference between the DDH and the New England IPA. To be honest, at times, and this one definitely is not. Well, so a it's New certainly England got IPA. None,
0: none of that cloying or sugary finish no. that, that, that you normally get. It's got it's got quite a clean finish but to it.
1: The fruit aroma and the fruit flavours are really coming through, but they're very clean. They're yes. Very clean, yeah,
0: very much so. And I'd just like to say at this point as well massive congratulations to Brew York, who um, they entered three beers into this year's World Beer Awards, and, and they've come away with a silver for the Imperial Ton which we did on the last show, yeah. um, and that was a silver in the flavoured stout category. They got a gold in the UK sour category for Goose Willis, which is a beer we're going to be trying later on in this show. And then well, it's got to be good then, Steve, if you want gold. You're going to love it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to absolutely... It must tick all the sour boxes. Uh, and then in the best barrel-aged beer in the UK, they actually won the category with their uh BBA so I'm assuming that's a bourbon barrel aged that's what Empress I think it is. Impress which we were talking about yeah. last time about the Toncoco run yes which which Lee has come back to us to say that is a thing but we'll come back to that later <laughs> on as well. Um because Lee's been very informative
1: towards oh, putting content into this show as yeah. well
0: so we'll be dipping in and out of things yeah. that he's said. So, had but, to say so well. yeah
1: they won three awards so Congratulations! I, uh, congrats- I think that deserves a little cheers yeah. too. To, yeah, to well. Well, well done, well done Brew. Congratulations to all the UK brewers. Yeah, again. there's loads of loads of yeah. brewers winning. I I'm think- sure. I'm sure by the time that people listen to the show, they'll have seen most of the winners and stuff. But um, uh, there was there were some good awards, for some good brewers in this in this country.
0: Yeah, abs- absolutely, and a range of brewers as well. So yes, from some of your more traditional ones to, to a lot more of your yeah. kind of new wave crafty breweries. If you want, yeah. If you want to yeah. So call them that. I said
1: congratulations to them all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's dive into what we've been up to then while we've had a little bit of a break, um, mate. You've got to go first. You've been you've been off honeymooning, haven't you?
1: I have. Me and Michelle had a um, a, a lovely fourteen day honeymoon aboard the P&O cruise liner uh, Britannia, Southampton, back to Southampton via six ports, um, three in Spain, two in Italy, and um, a short stop in Gibraltar on the way back um must say again we've really enjoyed it's not going to be for everyone but we really enjoyed the cruise experience and we really enjoy the p o experience so on board it it can be a bit limiting in certain parts and some of the bars the tap ranges apart from one bar is definitely limited to things like fosters pedigree they do have shipyard ipa in one of the bars okay
0: is it on the Nitro type floor? Yeah, or?
1: yeah, the, the shipyard is all at, at the back of one of the pubs. Yeah. The, the, ironically, the English pub that the shipyard I is on. <sighs> which is
0: because it's an
1: American IPI yeah. that's now brewed. I think it's now brewed by Marsden's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, which is probably why it's there because they've got the pedigree as well. Yeah. Um, but again, there is a selection. There's a, a, They've still got some of the, the Harvey specials, which I think only are, well, the cans I think are available elsewhere, so they have their. Their canned range, their malt brown, the Sussex bitter in cans. They also had the Sussex bitter low alcohol in bottles. Oh, okay, which I didn't realize has been out for about 30 years.
0: Really, yeah. What's what's, what's their ABV
1: on a low alcohol? 0.5. 0.5, yeah, okay. exactly the same as go. They had a bottle of that, that was really nice. Yeah, um, they had the Jolly Ollie bottle and they had the Jolly Ollie IPA, which is done in conjunction with um Ollie Smith, who's you know the wine guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, because one of the bars is set up for him. And uh, so had that, and we. I couldn't find Jaipur. Um, I think Jaipur is still on some of the PO and crew liners, but not on the uh, Britannia, but we did find Punk IPA. Okay, I was going to say, you
0: must have been devastated at that point when you couldn't find it. I was
1: disappointed, but it's not like I don't have Jaipur, but I was disappointed. But the Punk IPA, and I haven't had, apart from at work, I don't really have Punk IPA out of the bottle these days tends to be cans.
0: Yeah, I tend to go for the cans these days as well. We had
1: a few, we had two or three bottles in a row one the one afternoon when it was really painful down on the way back and it was tasting crisp and fresh and hoppy. It felt like it had gone back a little bit. I I think Brewdog have really dialed
0: in Punk IPA recently and and they've got it to a point where it is absolutely banging every time you I, try I it. I
1: was really enjoying it out, of the, out of the bottle and it had a, and bearing in mind you never. I'm never too sure about the dates, kind of thing, but especially with the ship. This had a date up to uh, June 20, so okay, I'm thinking so that's only a,
0: that was bottled June this year. That's possibly. what I'm thinking. So they're putting
1: a year on. Pretty fresh, I would say. What six weeks? Six and eight weeks. They do spend all their time in fridges. Yeah, that's they store everything in fridges. Everything's chilled. whether you want it chilled or not, it's chilled. Yeah, because uh, I had a bottle of. Uh, Go Ship, which you'd expect to be chilled, but I had a bottle of Broadside, which was chilled. But again, I don't mind it chilled. Oh, I love cold Broadside. Lovely. From from the bottle. I had a couple of bottles before I went to dinner. Didn't really need a couple of bottles of Broadside before dinner, but I had one, I thought, I really enjoyed that. Not not the bottled version (laughs)
0: either. Yeah, the bottled
1: version. Let's go for the six point plus version. So that that was really nice. Um, But obviously some of the highlights are when we actually get to go on shore. So... Uh, probably just cut a few things out so the t- places we went to in Italy didn't really have anywhere which appealed to us for beer so that became more of a wine and it had, had some wine while we had the two stops in Italy um, and then Gibraltar the, It was all English pubs and bars anyway so we missed missed those out however Spain Spain was a delight so Cadiz And Cartagena. So, what's really nice is when you can walk off the boat straight to somewhere, not have to get a shuttle bus to the main destination or even just out of the ports because these cruise lines are so big, they generally, a lot of them can only go into like the container ports. And because it's a working port, they don't want just people just wandering around quite naturally. So, you get bust even just into the town. So, for Cadiz and Cartagena, both in Spain, um, beautiful weather. We were right on, on the med, it was lovely. Um, Cadiz hadn't really noticed anywhere but we just enjoyed walking along the beach from we'd done a bus tour um, and then I went I we went back to the boat Michelle said hey, you know you can get and I thought "Why well, I can go for a run because I can just get back off the boat again you have a little cruise card credit card shape just get on and off the boat as much as you like nice. so I went for a run had a nice cold lager at the end of it to reward myself Walking back, and I spotted uh, what looked like to be a craft beer bar. Had a okay. quick look. Yeah. I thought, it is a craft beer bar. I had a Founders All Day IPA. And then thought, no, I suppose I should get out of my running gear now. <laughs> so I went back to the ship, got out of my running gear, had a quick bite to eat. Michelle was busy sunbathing, so I came back out to the beer bar for a couple of hours. Brilliant. Um, so if anyone's in Cadiz, um, it's a place called the Cabin Beer Bar. Um, it, it's in very very central to the main bit of Cadiz where you do any sort of tours any sort of walking around and touristy stuff um, really nice little spot and a nice outside bit a lot of it's in the shade as well so you don't have to be in di- direct sunlight either um, Cartagena which was the, the last Spanish stop on the way back um, lovely place just a, a beautiful spot again off the boat and uh, we, we found a place which was basically a craft coffee place oh lovely properly oh, cold, in my element cold brew coffee on nitro tap it was set up it was like someone had gone to uh, a US or a UK one of the one of the archetypal craft beer bars and thought i can do this for coffee i, I don't see why you couldn't oh yeah and yeah, the yeah. tables were laid out with glass on top and they had different pockets with different things with coffee, different coffee beans in it the whole place had been really thought of the lights with the old cafetiers. it was a beautiful spot and it was in the shade oh lovely it was yeah, beautiful yeah. and then I spotted they, they had a few beers which they either brewed, brewed there or they had someone brewed for them but they were brewed under the, the coffee label yeah so this is a place called Cafe Lab um, and I can't remember if the beers were called Cafe Beers or Lab Beers can't remember which way around it was um, so they had a, a red ale a lager and a wheat beer but again none of them were fantastic but none of them were awful But it was just the spot of where it was as well. And um, they didn't really do much in the way of food. But they did lots of toast. So I was eating toast with my beer. Okay. Rustic toast, just with butter on it. Actually worked. It really worked sometimes. It did actually work really well. I've never really done it before. And it did work. But it was, again, just the spot. And it was one of these places. And it's something I always do. If I'm walking down a main strip or drag to give it where the shopping is, i will always look down the side roads. Because the main bit is going to be busy and probably a bit more expensive,
0: and it's and it's also going to be it's going to have beers that are designed for tourists. So it's going to be your, your
1: macro stuff. Isn't exactly. It? It's going to be probably in Spain. It's going to be your Estrella, and that's exactly yeah, what we were seeing. Yeah. Um, but this was down a side road. I would just seen a sign for it. Not many people seemed to find it, and those that did didn't seem to be in connect, any way connected with the ship. So it was a lovely little find, and I spent a bit of extra time there because Michelle decided to do a bit of shopping. So I said, okay off you go I'm, I'm going to say here Yeah, certainly some of the pictures you posted of it it looked amazing oh it was you could eat, seriously spend a bit like I said you do the coffee first anyway or if you wanted a break from the beer you'd just go and order another fancy coffee yeah. the prices weren't too bad either I thought so that was really good uh, but in between both those, the other Spanish stop uh, Barcelona uh, lovely city I love Barcelona it's, packed it's I mean it was place. properly yeah. busy really hot Um, Did another bus tour, because apart from anything else, you sort of away from the crowds all of a sudden as well, on the top deck of the bus. Um, I I think those bus tours are the best way to see a new city. They give you a really good overview in a fairly short space of time. And then you can decide where you want to go back to. And
0: and then you've got the benefit of being able to jump back on the bus to get back to your starting point. Exactly,
1: exactly. And that's fairly much what we did. Now obviously, we were in Barcelona, so we did have garage on our list. Um, but unfortunately during the month of August they changed their hours, they opened later it was the 1st of August nothing had changed on on any of their other details or on Google Maps and they hadn't replied to any messages Um, so haven't been to Garage but we did go to some other places There's a place around the corner called Beer Cab which there seemed to be a bit of love for on Twitter when I mentioned but I was in there again they had 24, 25 taps nothing really sessionable though it was definitely not a sessionable kind of place, or maybe it was just the day we turned up. Yeah. It wasn't particularly sessionable. Is.
0: You say that, sorry to jump in, but this is something I'm seeing, I've seen quite a few people comment on on Twitter recently, is that they're, that they're getting a bit fed up of this trend of going into a bar and having 20, 25 taps and nothing under 7 or 8%.
1: Yeah, there wasn't, the, 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 I think there was one, there might have been a wheat beer which was, un, which was around about the 5 Anything, everything else was above that, um, which you know I was quite happy to have a few small pours of those. But on a hot day, I didn't need at two o'clock in the afternoon too many six, seven, eight percent beers, really.
0: No, because it soon it soon gets to you because
1: you're you're drinking it because you're hot, so you're drinking it quicker anyway, yeah. aren't you? And the beers are always chilled. Yeah, um, and you're in an air conditioned room, but until you, and then you go outside and sit again. And then we found out a few more places. We um, popped into the Barcelona Beer Company, so BBC um most again most of the beers are their own range unlike the beer cab which had a range of beers from other people again nice little spot felt a little bit more local as well then we stumbled on a place called fabrico moritz which was definitely designed for people who wanted something a bit different did their own beers on site but definitely appealing to a a late night crowd as well yeah it was a big spot It had a bit of a, this was the afternoon, but you could picture it later on where a few more well-heeled people might be venturing in there um, and spending a bit more money, not just on the craft beers, but also on some of the other crafty drinks that they had available, but a very nice spot. And again, beautifully air-conditioned. Yeah. And lastly, we popped into a place called um, Abradero. It's a real shame I went into a place which I knew I wouldn't be able to pronounce. Um, and this one felt really local. And I'd, um, I think it was a bit of a hazy lager I had in there, which was easy oh. and the best beer of the day. Oh
0: really? Yeah. Locally produced as well, the, yeah. the, the, the
1: lager? Yeah, um, really nice, like I said. So some really nice spots there, and if anyone is going to any of those places and wants a reminder of any of the places I've, I've been to when I was on that cruise, then please just drop me a line, DM me, send me something on Twitter and I'll let you know. Um, send your links for them all in case you haven't quite picked up what I'm saying yeah. on here. So yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a couple of Italian stops didn't really tick any beer boxes. I,
0: I was just about to say that because I knew you stopped in Italy as well but you've not mentioned anything in, in from Italy in terms of beer. We had
1: a, a lovely bottle of rose wine while we had the, uh, one of the biggest meals I've ever had in my life. Are rest. Italy
0: still behind, do you think, in terms of their beer scene or was it just the
1: places that in the you The two places to? we were in um, really didn't see much at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did have beer in one of the places, but there weren't beers I couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. Um, If we'd obviously if we'd gone into Rome and we'd had a bit of time, I'm sure I could have found some places. You would have found some crafty definitely because people have talked about Rome before as well. But um, it felt like Spain was higher up. Even the two coastal resorts, coastal spots, were higher up than uh, the two coastal resorts. Because you posted a picture of four taps that were all stellar. Uh, at one point as well and I think you simply said choices
0: was, was was that in Italy? That was
1: in Italy that was in the second Italian style that's the one where you would have then got the one and a half hour coach to Rome and it just, oh. it just amused me that just awful tap, taps Ed Stella yeah. brilliant I love that lovely to have, yeah. have a bit of bit of choice yeah what should it? I have?
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, can I have the second from the left? yeah because I think that might taste yeah. different yeah. yeah no I don't want yeah. that one
1: I want that one I said yeah. I wanted that yeah. one yeah. Uh, but yeah it's, I mean I think I had um I found a bar which I had a Lefe from, and had a vice beer. So again, nice to get those options. You
0: found some bits, yeah, yeah but
1: yeah. they're not beers you can't find somewhere else. But you know, the 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 trip wasn't just. The, when we do these kind of trips, it's like anything. If you can stumble across these kind of places, feel it always feels like a bit of a bonus.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, it, I mean, for me, that the one that sounds like a real highlight was that coffee bar. Yeah, that just sounds like oh. a, a magical find. It
1: was a magical find and a bit of an oasis as well. Just because it was like, just because it was twenty meters off the main strip, where it felt like the whole cruise ship had sort of headed in the same yeah. direction and were doing all the shops and stuff and things like that. And we went, we managed to go left into a place in the shade, air conditioning. You've they've got like felt like beer taps where you could just kind of pour your own water. They hit really if there was a template sounds I, like they've thought about every single thing but there's been a bit of money spent yeah there's been a bit of money spent so yeah if you're ever in Cartagena cafe lab
0: but again it was again you posted a picture of like it looked like the street that it was on and it was really unassuming it yeah. just looked like a doorway and to, so to have come across that and gone inside and it been this amazing no, I, spotted
1: a, I spotted a small sign and then I saw a few tables and someone sitting outside and so I thought 20 metres walk what's the worst that can yeah, happen that'll do I'll have a little look yeah. oh look coffee <laughs> Oh, look, beer. <laughs> Double win. Win. We'll have some coffee now. Then we'll go off a little bit. Oh, you want to carry on shopping? I'll go back and, and save us a spot. And have
0: some more beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and some some coffee so, as yeah, well.
1: I took that as a win. Yeah. Oh, I would have done. So I think I've had about two dry days.
0: <laughs> so, so so you've been um, cruising around the Med. Yeah. I uh, got to go and see Riverman and Bruce live. Okay, I might say win again.
1: <laughs> how, what, but seriously, how was it?
0: No, I, I actually, all, all joking aside, uh, really enjoyed it. Actually, actually, it was great. It was great to be in kind of a live podcast experience, and they had uh, Pete Brown with them as, as well, who kind of was the innovator of, of the music and beer pairing. Yeah. So, so it was it was great to see them working with essentially the guy that created. The concept which they've now made a podcast out of. Yeah. Um and this was
1: held at uh, Signature Brew Taproom, wasn't it? Signature Brew
0: Taproom. Uh which was it was on one of the two really hot days that we had, and it was a lovely oasis in the middle of East London. That it was a railway arch and therefore it was fairly naturally cool. There there wasn't really a need for air conditioning.
1: And you went with uh Number one fan.
0: I did meet number one fan, Paul, at UNRCD uh, beforehand. We, we, we met in Goose Island at Shoreditch. Uh, we had a wander around. We had a quick stop off at McKellar Bar because because Paul's never been in, in there before. So we had a quick stop in there.
1: And did you remember what it was like?
0: Uh, no, but um, was surprised by it because it's a very old-fashioned pub yeah. with McKellar in it. Uh, Paul had a McKellar beer. Uh, I didn't fancy any of the McKellar beers, so I ended up having a Lost and Grounded running with Spectres, which is the Baltic porter yes. one. And it was cracking on like cold porter, hot day. What exact, is exactly
1: that? Exactly one? what you want. It's about
0: six and a half, seven. Isn't Good. It? So
1: you went to Goose Island. Yeah. And then you went to McKellar Bar on the same night that you were bumping into Riverman Brews, people.
0: Yeah, which was what we did with them in reverse. Yeah. Shortly before I. I
1: can, I can see problems here.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we walked down to the Sydney Brood Tap Room, which is in Hagerston. Uh, it's about a 15 minute walk from McKenna.
1: Yeah, so. Is that, if, if that. that can't be too far from the Overground Station either, can no, it? It's, no, it's not. It's not. It's literally
0: underneath it. Oh, right, okay. Um, like I say, it's taproom in a railway arch. It's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Uh, they had a lot of their own beers on, a few guest beers. They were doing an offer as, as well, where I think it was uh, for a fiver, you could have a third of every, each of the beers that they were going to be doing on the, the, the podcast as, as well, which was a fairly good offer. So I think we partook in that, although oh, there was yeah. one of the beers that I didn't actually drink.
1: They's, they normally do four beers on a show, don't they?
0: Yeah, they they did three beers on on this show. And they might have done, they might have done a fourth fourth beer actually. Um, I don't know. You'll you'll have to listen to the show. Yeah, yeah, nice. No. As as this show as our show is out now, this their one would have been released two days ago. two days ago. So there we'll put a link. There's a link in the show notes to it. Have a have a listen because it is a great live show, um, and they made it very interactive. So there were questions from from the listeners and that. Um, although I did just generally drink a lot of roadie. Um, because it was again tasting, tasting banging. It was tasting fantastic, and you, you know, drinking drinking rody almost
1: from the source. On that would have been that Thursday where the temperatures. Wednesday was it, it was the Wednesday, Wednesday before uh, the big Thursday? But it was still hot that day because my it was my trains hot, were yeah. being cancelled already on the Wednesday night yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I can imagine rody going down rather well. To be honest, it went down very well. Um, Got
0: to try the double rody as, oh, yeah. as well, but they only had it in cans. Um, I've got to say, I found it a little bit of a miss. It was a bit, it was a bit sugary. It was a bit more New England leaning, and it, it didn't really feel like a double version of the, of, the, of the roadie that almost, we all know and almost love. Almost different beer. Almost different beer.
1: Yeah. I mean, just staying on the River and Brew theme, I did listen to their last show. Really enjoyed their their macro. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Their macro yeah. journey. So, so that was a good
0: night out. In, in, enjoyed that, uh, and then the only other thing that I've really done is I, I spent a weekend in Southwold, which, as you can imagine, involved drinking all of the Adnams. All of the Adnams. All of the Adnams. Yeah. So, so we got there. Got there on the Friday night. Um, checked into where we were staying, which was literally a thirty to forty-five second walk from the Sol Bay Inn. Damn! <laughs> Do you can imagine
1: how disappointed I was. So, at this for point? anyone who can't quite picture it, that's the pub which you can see the lighthouse behind it. Yes. Yeah. Of, of which. And if you I then, posted many pictures. Yeah, and then if you turn round and had the pub behind you, you can see the brewery.
0: Yes, it's it's all on. Uh, there's an area called East Green. Yeah. And essentially, in one corner, you've got the the Sol Bay Inn, and on the other three corners of, of the green it's the is brewery. the brewery. It's yeah. itself. But, so. Yeah, and then. Tuck to part of it is in the distillery as well now isn't it yes yeah which is kind of in, on the main side yeah. so we started off in there on the Friday night uh, first pint I had was a, a seasonal that I had on called Freewheel which was a, a, a seasonal sessional beer brewed exclusively with English hops had a pint of that on cask it took me three gulps to drink it it was, it was re- tasting really I really good I think I had
1: a pint of that at the Trader.
0: Yeah really really, really good so had a
1: couple in there
0: on on that evening and then on the Friday evening we literally did the, the tour of all the Adnams bars in, in, in town. We went round to the Lord Nelson, and then we finished off in the Swan. Um, we, there, there are a couple of others, yeah. but those were the three we did. And obviously the Swan has now got this new kind of taproom yeah. area out the back where it's all it, it's essentially Adnams taproom yeah. now. So fin- finished off in there. Um, met Ed Razzle for, for, for the first time, True. had a couple of beers with, 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 with Ed. Um, and just had a really nice, nice Friday evening, um, and then on the the Saturday, um, Fergus from from Addenham said, "Oh, do you know there's a there's a beer festival over at the Anchor in Walberswick this this weekend?" And I was like, "No, uh, we should go and investigate." So Walberswick, for people that don't know, is just kind of the other
1: side of the river. Yeah, it's it's, it's you need you, the quickest way to get there is then by the small. I don't, don't want to use the word ferry. Boat, boat.
0: Well, there is a there is a bridge that you can walk across. It's a bit further yeah. down, but we took the option of taking the ferry. Yeah. It, it was a pound to cross in either direction. It was a great little experience. Literally, the the ferry rowist uh, 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 rower, <laughs> she she gave it one big pull, went into the currents and just let the current take her over to the <laughs> other side. It was it was brilliant to, to watch the knowledge of the river that she had in terms of she knew she just had to get into that slipstream. Um, of, of where the current was going, and that would take her across. Brilliant. And, but it also goes to show how dangerous such a small stretch of water could potentially yeah. be to anybody that might, fell it might look, might look a bit benign. Yeah, but some strong current. But yeah, if you've got a current, there.
1: can push a boat, effectively, from one in, one side to the other.
0: Yeah. So we went over to the anchor. Uh, it was a beer and oyster festival. Um, how, how were the oysters safe? I, I wouldn't know. I had the barbecue option. You had the bar. So you had meat. I had meat. Yeah, Emma really enjoyed the oysters. Apparently they were really good. So a couple of thousand oysters they had ordered in for the weekend wow. that they had to get through as, as well. But so Emma did a bit. She, she did her bit, yeah. So the, the way the Anchor's set up is it's, it's, it's quite well known for its food in particular, uh, very much like the Swan in Stratford, yep. their, their, their sister pubs. Um, but they've also got this shed out the back. So in the shed out the back, they had a dozen or so Gravity Beers. On, on in there, and then inside they had a few on hand pump, and they had a few keg options as well. Now so wasn't
1: there a Gravity beer that you were really impressed there, with? there was.
0: Um, Burning Skies Plateau I had on Gravity, and it poured, and it was full of life, and it had head, and I was really, really surprised at how good Gravity beer could actually taste. It was the first time i have ever actually enjoyed a Gravity beer. That was until my second one, which was flat and lifeless. So that was the end of my gravity experience after... So did
1: you have have the same beer again? Um, Or did you go for a different gravity beer? I went for a different gravity beer the the, the second So that's one of two things then. Either that barrel hasn't been looked after quite as well or tapped, vented at the the right time, or just the skill of the brewer who put the beer in there in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one... Well, the first one I had was, as I said, it was Burning Sky... The second one was from Moore. Now, Moore know what they're doing when it comes yeah. to cask beer. And the, the, the anchor know what they're doing when it comes to looking after their beer. So I can only put it down to the dispense method. But you had, you did have a good... I, I, I did. But it wasn't as good as the beers I had from inside. So, so when I first got there, we walked in and we had a look at what was on the, the hand pumps and they had the, uh, the, the recently released Adnams and Cloudwater collaboration yeah. which was called so many different welds any good it was amazing it was absolutely incredible it was um so it's a reimagining of South Wold's bitter their their, their traditional oh, yeah? up bitter um essentially based on the recipe but more hop forward so South Southwold bitter is very very more forward oh yeah the So Many Different Worlds was very, very hot forward. They were a completely different colour, and I actually did them side by side as well, because they were both on hand pumps. I was like, perfect opportunity, I can do them side by side. There were no similarities between them whatsoever. You couldn't, you couldn't have said, this has come from the same
1: recipe. But then, a reimagining, yeah. by but its very nature.
0: What I found brilliant was the fact that Adnams have done this collaboration with Cloudwater is, is, is the, one of the most traditional regional breweries i have done this collab with one of
1: the most forward-thinking breweries in the UK. But we have said that for a traditional regional brewer, Adams are probably one of the ones, I'm not saying the only one, but probably one of the, the few who have managed to not quite leap over to the crafty side, but definitely can straddle.
0: Yes, I, I, very much so very much so and I'll come back to that in, in a second as well um, so I had a couple of pints of that as, as well because I just had to I had one just I really make sure. enjoyed it and I had to have another one just to make sure you're very good with this research effective. when I was ordering the second point I took a brief glance at the keg taps and noticed there was a kernel badge there and that was me done for the day with cask. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I just then started drinking the Colonel Palau that, that, that,
1: that was on offer. Brilliant. <laughs> you go all the way to Adnams. There's the Colonel. I'm going to drink it. I did the same. I've done, I've done the same thing when I was up in North Riding. Yeah. I did all the North Riding beers. And I did a very good session while I was watching the football. And they almost always have a Colonel tap on permanently. And eventually I succumbed. And You have to. Colonel.
0: I mean, but that that being said, on the Saturday evening when we went back to Southwold, because the last ferry boat was at, I I don't know, just five o'clock or six o'clock, so we had to get back. Yeah. Um, we did then go back into Southwold town, and I did give the Adams beers another good bashing. Good. And and then on the Sunday, I I gave them a thorough bashing as, as, as well. Well done. But um, Fergus was was in town on Sunday, so he came and had a beer with us, and he showed he showed us around the. Um, the alcoholizing plant as as well. Oh, so what the we, theme of the ghost ship? Yeah, yes, yeah, so we got to, to have a look uh, at that, and and essentially it's uh, it's half a dozen tubes that that take the alcohol from the beer. That's,
1: so it probably looks quite simple.
0: Yeah, it, it does, but it, it's occupying a huge amount of space in yeah. their brewery, but that it's it's such a big part of their production now in in terms of what they're putting out. Well, the is, thing is, is it's, that it's, they, they are they are getting those
1: beers out there, and people are recognising it. It's yeah, you like, know, I. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it if i could get i, I, I did enjoy when i had it the form Bridge big easy but i don't see it anywhere
0: no it's, it's not as easily available uh, that's that's the one thing that Adams have done really well is they've got ghost ship 0.5 to market yeah they've got, it
1: got 500 it to million with, it yeah, bottles yeah and more preferably for the fridge 330 cans yeah so i can have a permanent range of them in there yeah and also i did stock at up on and, up and them for the wedding, unsurprisingly, not many of them got drunk on the day, I think I might have had one as a refresher, so I've got a few left so over there. a nice stock of them there. yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, we had a little look around, uh, a couple of beers with with, with, with Fergus uh, and, and Ed, and, and then Emma and I spent the afternoon once again in the Sol Bay Inn, because it, it became a bit of a favourite of ours, it's it, it's certainly, in terms of the, the, the pubs in town, I, I love their new taproom, I think that's a great addition. Oh, it's lovely. But, The Sol Bay Inn is the only place in town where you can get innovation, which if people don't know, innovation is Adnams, it's been around for about 10 years now. I think it
1: was their first of their new, I want to say it was the first of their new wave. It was, well, as the story goes, the, the,
0: the director of Adnams at the time challenged Fergus to create something new. That hadn't been seen before in UK brewing. So Virgus looked to America and he went for American hops and he created basically this big American IPA. Something like 6.7% yeah. innovation is. Since it was first released, it's been rebranded and it now comes under the Jack Brown yeah. range, which is their more crafty range. But the only place you can get it in town is at the Sol Bay Inn. So consequently, I found myself in there every day on our three days at the end of the day. Building up to innovation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, but well done for building up to it, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Rather Um, than just hammering it straight away. And I will also say,
0: actually, on the Saturday night, um, Sean at Uncruly came over with uh, Fiona, his his
1: wife. Number one statistician.
0: Yeah, and and had a few beers with us as well. And we all finished on innovation that night. And we all suggested that maybe it wasn't the best thing we could have finished on. Um, because it is, it, it does pack quite a punch.
1: It does pack a punch, but it is a very nice beer. And I remember, I think I first tried Innovation at the Swan. There might have been when Ed was working there as well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I remember having it there, thinking, "Oh, this is a bit raw, right?" And the six point seven is quite. It packs a punch, flavor wise. Don't always get the alcohol though. No, not not all, not all. The other thing I do just want to mention as well
0: is, for the first time, I had the uh, the Jack Brownies up IPA on keg. I've never never had the keg version of it. Just bottles. Only ever had it from bottom bottles, and as as a keg beer, incredibly sessionable. On on that Sunday afternoon, where we spent, we literally spent the entirety of our Sunday afternoon in the Salbay, and we were playing cards. We had a few drinks. We had something to eat in there. I took an amazing picture of a pint of ghost ship underneath the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, even if I do say so myself, I wanted to bring back the prize. This prize just for that picture. To be, to be
1: fair, the, I think I did hashtag it as a <laughs> yeah, prize prize. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, we spent the entire afternoon in there, and it was great to be able to go for me as, as a massive fan of Adnams to just jump between their beers. So I was, I was like, ease up, ghost ship. Oh, I'll dive into it. i kind of have a car sprawl tide because it's only 4.7%. Yeah. And, and just jumping
1: around their beers. Like and that. The, the Soul Bay Inn is a, is a lovely spot. I mean, I agree with you. I think the tap room at the back of the Swan is fantastic. Still feels like part of a hotel bar.
0: And that's the but only thing, yeah. Don't get me
1: wrong. It's a fantastic hotel bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I rocked up at a hotel and that was a select, they had a tap room at the back, I'd be loving it. I'd be booking into the hotel all the time. The Seoul Bay Inn just ticks so many boxes. It's... Especially if you get a bit of nice, weather the, the you get, it's nice and bright. It's on the corner. You have got plenty of light yeah. coming in. The food is really nice in there as well. The fish, and, fish and chips, i fish and chips. It was just fish and absolutely chips. Absolutely fantastic. I think yeah. because they sell so much fish and chips in there, it's always quite fresh as well. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, you can just flip between the flip between the Adams beers, cast a keg and just have a whale of a time in there yeah.
0: but what was what was really nice one of the things that, that I will just mention and, and, we, and we didn't get her name but she was one of the bar staff in the Sol Bay Inn she was there on the Friday night when we went in and, and had our first beer she was also in there on the Saturday night when we went in with, with Sean and had many beers and then she was in there on the Sunday afternoon as, as well and we said to her I feel like we've synced our drinking with your shifts and she was like no nah, yeah it's great I just, I just work weekends I really enjoy it and she, was, <laughs> she was so friendly to the point where the Sunday was a bit changeable in weather so we were sitting inside and outside and it, it's quite difficult sometimes to find a table for two in there in because there, a lot yeah. of the tables are set out for
1: groups fours and sixes but
0: she was brilliant in every time a table was about to become free, she she'd just come over and she'd be like there's a table over there and you'd look around and literally as she said it the people would be getting up so she properly looked after us and I'm gutted that I didn't get her name, but That's brilliant um, though. That that's just such personal service as well. So so yeah, I had a absolutely brilliant weekend in Southwold. Just just drinking
1: just drinking Adnams. And being in a, is, in a nice spot. Yeah. Let's face it. Southwold and Walburns week's not a bad place to spend the weekend.
0: Not not with the um not with the standard of beer, you know. And I know, you know, like like like, like any brewery, Adnams isn't everybody's cup of tea. No. But both you and I personally really like their beers, and, yeah. and I didn't think there was any bit anything better than being able to get
1: a pint of Ghost Ship less than a hundred meters from the source of where it's brewed. It's not a bad way to a bad way to spend the weekend. Well, I don't mean, you know, I would say although our beer adventures haven't been extensive in so much as too many of them, I think there's been a bit of quality in there. Oh, without without a doubt, yeah. So, final thoughts. We both did it, well, So, just to clarify, the Brew York, four forty 40 milliliter cans. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that DDH parallel. I, I think it, um, it served
0: a purpose while we've been chatting for the, the last half hour or I sorry. sort of, <laughs> swe- yeah, sorry
1: about the beer, adventures. Well, <laughs> we haven't done much, we seem to have talked a lot. Um, it was just really drinkable. I mean, I'm still getting a really nice dry finish to it as well
0: yeah it did um, I must admit that the last pour of it turned it a little bit hazy um, I, did, I think there might have been a bit a bit of sediment there hanging around there was a little bit of sediment of
1: but again that was really only at the, the very back end of it yeah um, and it never seemed to appear before that um, but yeah I just thoroughly, probably enjoyed it.
0: I'd, I'd, it it's a beer where I'd, sometimes I question the DDH stuff as to whether it's something I want to drink yeah um, if I saw that I'd, I'd happily order a pint
1: of that and, and, and sit and enjoy it. And to be honest, we probably would have drunk it a bit quicker because both of us have had a fair share amount of talking so yeah. far. 5.7% um, didn't feel like it. Easy to down. Yeah, A pint of it, I don't think it would take you much longer than what we did for a can of 440, to be honest. No.
0: And, and if it's, I'd, I'd say also, if that's available on cask. With that
1: little bit of cask body to it, that that'd be one that you'd really enjoy. Yeah, because that, that dryness at the end and that sort of bit. The, although the bitterness is quite low, the dryness makes you want to come back for more at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. What's next then? So we've got the rhubarb uh, schweizend, rhubarb and custard milkshake pale. So we've gone from a DH pale at uh, five point seven. 7. Down to a 5.5, but we're into the milkshake territory okay, very early so on.
0: so I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get a bit more body to this. I think a bit more body. Possibly a bit more sweetness.
1: And it's called the Extra Custard Edition.
0: Okay, so probably more vanilla notes coming through. That's what I'm thinking. On, so uh, on it from there. So
1: what we'll see is, that, is it going to be like a rhubarb and custard or custard and rhubarb?
0: I think it's going to be like custard and rhubarb rather than the other way around. I don't think it's going to be like the sweets. Let's, let's just say that. Used to love the sweets. I used to love the sweets. And I'm going to say straight away, as you poured that, I'm really surprised that it's crystal clear. Are,
1: are, are I, was, I was I was expecting, because obviously, you know, with the milkshake, we expect yeah. with that lactose, but it doesn't necessarily come through with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say straight away, I think the is more dominant on the nose. You know where you said it wouldn't be like the sweet? I think it actually is
0: quite like the sweet. I think it's like somebody's put a load of the sweets in your mouth and then punched you and they've all broken up at the same time
1: there's a it, it, it is actually a real quite a good example of rhubarb and custard sweet but that is, again that is brilliant there's a lot of dryness but well, you know what I'm not getting is that lactose no, sticky it. lactose yeah I'm not getting that at all I mean um, let's see what the, the can tells us a little bit more information it's not the easiest to read under this because uh, be we fair. mentioned
0: this last time these cans have had these spider diagrams on them yeah that, so the spider. where the flavours are the spider
1: diagrams are definitely very much on the malt, fruit, sweet and mouthfeel side um, retro rating apparently is a 5 um, okay. which I suppose with the rhubarb and custard yeah, yeah. sweets definitely got the retro um, but yeah I'm definitely getting you know I'm not getting that that lactose on it, to be honest.
0: I'm not, and I'm and I will go back and say that I'm actually not getting that big vanilla here either. All I'm getting is that boiled rhubarb and custard sweet.
1: But I am getting so you know barley, oats, lactose, rhubarb, hops, yeast, vanilla, ginger, ginger, ginger. Not really getting that in there. Um, I oh, to me, I think that's that's really well balanced again. It's really good, isn't it? It's really well balanced, and again, it's sort of defined my expectations of what I was was expecting to see. So in DDH, I was expecting to see something a bit thicker, a bit closer to New England IPA style. It wasn't, gratefully. This one, I was expecting to come out that fuller, thicker look to it. And again, like you say, to be honest, if I hadn't known and someone passed me that, I'd just be thinking i have just been given a pale ale.
0: Yeah. And I think that maybe goes to show how sometimes your, your preconceptions maybe could work against you a little bit.
1: In, in well, yeah, but I mean, the beer is advertised as an extra custard edition, rhubarb and custard milkshake pale.
0: Yeah, I, I would have expected something that would have been much hazier, a little bit thicker. Yeah, um, but then again, it's five point five percent. I think
1: I think the body's great. It's, yeah, but then it's, some of the Wonder Beyond ones, which they're like their mini milkshake, has looked and felt a lot more milkshake than this has. That, that's true. Yeah so you know I, I think you know the way the market has gone in the last six to nine months I think our preconception may is well justified however at the moment this is sort of busting it
0: yeah these, these beers are beginning to maybe change my preconception
1: yeah but the problem a, is though a little. they're at 440 cans and if someone else does a 440 can of a DDH pale ale and I think oh I'll give that a go I might spend five quid on it and then find it is the sort of myrtle bomb that I actually didn't want yeah yeah so, which I know, suppose
0: we're quite lucky that obviously we've been sent these yeah yeah don't you know, get, get me wrong to try but
1: you know that doesn't happen for everyone and it doesn't happen for us as consumers no, no. the bulk of my beer drinking is as a consumer and so yes while I've had DDA described exactly the same way looking and tasting completely different
0: but you now have an opportunity to maybe only spend £3 on one of these cans with the new Tesco range
1: are we talking about Tesco?
0: which is a lovely segue into the news um, yes Tesco uh, uh, well let's get into the news <laughs> See, seeing as I've now just destroyed that beautiful segue I built um, yeah Tes- Tesco have uh, announced new range um, yeah
1: Domo beers was on full Instagram yep.
0: alert last week gradually over five days um, some of the big hitters that came out was the uh, Brewdog and Cloudwater was New that the England first night. one they yeah. mentioned? Yeah, and, and I think he went on to say in the post that it's possibly the worst kept secret because everyone knew it was coming. Uh, Four forty mil cans uh, of that. Day two saw the Madden a uh, collaboration. No, day two was stout, and they they announced a whole load of stouts, which I think is in terms of supermarket ranges. Is possibly a first that we're seeing in terms of some craft stouts. In
1: terms of craft stouts, definitely.
0: so so we've got Magic Rock's Dark Arts, brilliant bit. which I think is brilliant. It's and I popped into Tesco yesterday. That's currently at the price point of one eighty a can. One eighty so a can of Dark at the Arts. Same price point as Cannonball was. Currently not in the four for six though, even though it's at the same price as Cannonball. That is in the four for six, which is I'm assuming it's because it's new but even so that's a six and a half percent straight up stout now available in supermarkets and then there were a number of pastry stouts uh, uh, announced as well so there was one from wild card there was one from london beer factory and there was one from Brewdog as as well uh then i think day three saw a west coast ipa collaboration between vocation and magic rock yeah which i'm quite excited about gotta say quite excited about that one
1: because they said west coast
0: and magic rock Um, And then I think we saw uh, day four was some sours, one of them being a collaboration between Lost and Grounded and Brooklyn, which was a sour IPA possibly or a sour dry hot.
1: I couldn't and keep up with all dry of these. I was still on honeymoon when these all came yeah. out. Uh,
0: and then the, the, the final one, um, as we recalled, was a couple of beers from Mothership, who are a brewery I've not come across no. before. One of them being a brute IPA, and the other one being a collaboration with Four Pure, which was a double IPA. Which, by the looks of it, in in terms of what was in the picture of the glass of beer, looks very much to be a West Coast. style Style. double IPA Cool. so quite a range of new beers that Tesco have added and despite what people might think of it literally they're now at a point where they've got something for everyone
1: yeah like without going to that sort of granular level of detail because obviously there are styles within styles and sub styles but if you're talking about a broad brush of beer styles for the more modern interpretation of beers, crafty beers, whatever your particular phraseology might be, it ticks pretty much all those boxes yeah. now. It ticks every box. And at a price point, which is rarely going to frighten people away. Now don't get me wrong, there will still be people who might look at one can of beer and go, three quid, are you having a laugh? I could buy a slab for 10 quid or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, but if we're talking about in the in the craft beer world, then that price point is massively competitive. Yeah, very much so. Um, I can still only I can still only say that I I couldn't afford even when we started recording, which was almost three years ago. Together, Steve, we couldn't have predicted this. No, abs- absolutely not. This range of beers from the breweries who are putting them in there.
0: No, well, uh, let's let, let, let's take it as as it, as it is. I don't think everyone would have ever predicted to have seen a beer with the name Cloudwater on it, on a supermarket shelf. Definitely not. Uh, even though it is essentially a brewed odd beer.
1: Still Cloudwater? It's still Cloudwater. Cloudwater. This is, was the since, first version that they worked together on, Yes, isn't it? They still worked together on it. It's still got Cloudwater on it. I certainly would not have predicted a beer with the words Cloud and Water.
0: No. The the next one for me is, if, if, you, if you now look at the range of Magic Rock beers... That you've got in, in, in Tesco, you, you've got Inhaler, Sorcery, you've got Cannibal, and you've now got Dark Arts. I mean,
1: I'd, I'd be buying Cannibal and Dark Arts
0: as well. As, uh, I mean, Dark Arts is an incredible. If you're looking for a straight up, adjunct free, old school
1: stout, Dark Arts, Dark Arts. Well, listen, to that everyone wasn't that watches. one of the beers we introduced to Men Behaving Badly. It was, yeah, because we wanted to do the straight up, yeah, stout, yeah, nothing fancy. Just brilliant,
0: and and then the other one for me is a collaboration between Lost and Grounded, who until now have been only exclusively available in Maitros. their their own beers. Yep, have only been available in shows, but a collaboration with Lost and Grounded and Brooklyn, which by all accounts Garrett Oliver was personally involved in that collaboration as well.
1: That I mean that speaks volumes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it speaks volumes of a. Uh... Garrett Oliver's respect for Lost and Grounded as well. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, that's real kudos for, for Lost and Grounded. Yeah. But it wasn't just Brooklyn, it was Garrett Oliver of Brooklyn wanting to be involved. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think we should wax too much more lyrical about it because I think for our next show. We're going to plan
1: to do some of these
0: beers, aren't we? So we're... I'm
1: sending you to a Tesco, Steve. Yeah, and, and I'm you going... a trolley, ninety seconds, <laughs>
0: and see how much <laughs> I can get off the shelves.
1: Um, yeah, and, th- and can we do more than just Cannibal?
0: Well, <laughs> Cannibal isn't going to be one of them. It's I'm, I'm going to exclusively pick from this new range, and 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 I think it's I think we can do I think we can tick all of the boxes. I
1: think new range, one store. Yeah, this is your challenge. So new range, one store. Can we get the beers that they've said are there and can we get a good range of styles?
0: I I think we'll be able to because we're also going to give it a couple of weeks for all of the beers to make it from the storeroom to the shelf. Yeah. Obviously, it's two weeks until our next show, um, which gives us plenty of time to pick up potentially a good range of those beers.
1: I I think you can do it. I think that'd be an interesting one to see how it goes, actually.
0: So next up on the news, we've got um, obviously why we were both off enjoying our summer breaks. The Great British Beer Festival happened.
1: Yep. Which by all accounts and all reports was fantastic this year. There was some really, really positive output on social media this year. Particularly I mean, around the cask beer. Particularly around the cask beer, how it's delivered, but how people felt at the beer festival. I think there were still a few Luddites, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, but seemed to be a lot less than usual. Um, but yeah, there were people saying just the quality of the beers and the quality of how they were dispensed and poured and stuff. It sounded like a really positive experience this year. V- I have to very think. much so. Um, very much so. Yeah. But any um, any standouts from my uh, from what we heard?
0: Nothing. Nothing that I really noticed in terms of uh, of standouts. Um, there was a good good feedback in terms of the keg beers that were available. Yep. For, for the first time lots of lots of feedback in terms of how well the cask beers were kept this year
1: as, as well and how well they were served which is again credit where credit's due to everyone who, I mean it even without uh, complimenting them on the, um, the quality of the cask beers it must still be a logistic, a real logistical exercise. Oh absolutely. To get Olympia set up and keep keeping all that stuff cool. Yeah, we're all in, those, in a greenhouse. Yeah, we're all where all those beers are coming from. Um, yeah. So I mean, Olympia itself, I still maintain, is a lovely venue when you're there. Still a pig to get to. Who won this year? Because I don't don't know if I noticed. So, so,
0: so, so yeah, there was an, obviously every year on the first day. There's the announcement of the champion beer of Britain, which is essentially uh, whittled down from a series of sub competitions. So there are it starts off at regional level. There's where, regional where, ones
1: and the Winter Beer Festival yeah, as well. That
0: gets included, so and then they all get fed up into style categories and then it's the style categories that are announced. The winners of each of the style categories are announced at the Great British Beer Festival. And then from each of those the overall champion beer of Britain. Is, is, is selected. All the tastings done blind, so nobody knows what what, what they're drinking. Um, but it went to um, a beer called Sheer Drop from Surrey Hills Brewery, which is 4.2% English Pale Ale.
1: Uh, certainly not one I've heard of. No, be, before. No. Um, again, you don't know how far it might travel from its local local area. But, you know, first of all, congratulations. Absolutely. Had a big act to follow last year after Siren's breakfast out. Yes. That was a big act to follow. So a very different beer and about 2% less, I think, as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But, no, I mean, what you need to do is you need to almost be hoping you can pick out which beer might win if you want to have some chance to of taste it, it yeah, because it goes quickly on well, the day well apparently
0: it's one quite readily available a lot of people have been tweeting in the last couple of weeks since the Great British Beer Festival they've seen it in their local pub so, sort oh, of brilliant. Thing. so I think if any of our listeners have tried this please let us know whether you yeah. tried it did you enjoy it what was it like use the hashtag opinions and, and, and we'll find you Next up, we've got, uh, and this is a great campaign, um, and, and it's one that's maybe long overdue as well. So the, the Benevolent is a trade charity within the beer industry that provides help and support to current and former employees of the drinks industry and their families. And the hashtag Not Alone campaign was launched last year as part of an initiative to centralise mental health as a key area of focus for the charity, as well as trying to launch the... Uh, a helpline that they're looking at creating for the campaign. Uh, as we know, um, we've done some work in the past around yep. mental health in the industry, but the drinks industry sees an average of one in three people suffering from various mental health issues, which is higher than the national average of one in f- in four people. Which is still in, a, which in, is a high in, number anyway. It, it is. Um, and, and all this was based on, again, something we've mentioned in the past was the reporting to mental health in the drinks industry. Uh, where forty six percent of the respondents are on top of their mental health against fifty nine percent that rated their physical health being good or very good. I mean those are still relatively no numbers in terms of when you think of if if, if you think of the deep drinks industry, you've got to think of every element, haven't you? Yeah. So you've got to think of the breweries, sounds, marketing, frontline frontline, bar staff servers, everybody, that's, that's a lot of people, It's a lot of numbers you're talking about there. So between the 15th and 31st of August, um, essentially what the charity is trying to do is just raise awareness of, of what they do uh, by using the hashtag notalone. Um, so if, if you're in support of this, we would also ask all of our listeners uh, maybe to tweet a message. in in, in support of of the campaign. Use the hashtag NotAlone and also tag into your tweet at DrinksCharityUK to show that you're supporting what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and this will run up until the uh, 31st of all, so plenty of time to still get involved. Plenty
0: of time. And they they do say, actually, if if you carry on a little bit after that, then it doesn't matter. It's still
1: raising awareness. But, uh, you know, especially uh, with the bank holiday Mm -hmm. weekend coming up as well, I'm sure that that can be quite a busy time. They can be a bit, bit stressful as well. Absolutely, and I think I think it's a great initiative, and also the fact that they're they're really homing in on this. You know, there it's been such a stigma about mental health, and, and that goes across all industry lines as well. Um, you know, if you have a, a broken toe or broken arm, people are very sympathetic. You know, stay at home, wait till you're rested, or or if you do come in, let uh, let's make you more comfortable. But anything from the neck up, and people are either reluctant to talk about it, or people, are re- or more importantly, people are reluctant to listen to it.
0: Yes, yeah, ab- absolutely. So anything so. that
1: raises awareness and gets people involved, and helps people to either speak out about it, or go to seek help from just one person, can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, we're, 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 without a doubt. So, so please folks, uh, get involved in that with us. And then finally on the news, <clears throat> we've got the story uh, that came from the BBC, in terms of... Um, who thought this would...
1: <laughs> who thought that this would make the BBC? So shall I just read the headline? Yeah.
0: UK Trappist beer brewing monks struggling with demand. So a year after uh, Tint Meadow was released by Mount St Bernard Abbey in Colville, Leicestershire, uh, comes the report that um, they're actually struggling to keep up with the demand for the beer from the the BBC. Now, that wasn't good enough for us. Well, the BBC
1: are demanding so much beer from Tint Meadow.
0: No, just, just, just <laughs> in, in general. But, um, yeah, that wasn't good enough for us, a, a BBC no. news story. So, uh, we sent our intrepid Midlands correspondent, the Owl Lady, um, back to Colville to spend another afternoon with the uh, amazingly chilled Father Eric, to actually talk to him about a year on from Tint Meadow being released. I can't believe it's a year, though. I can't believe it's a year. It's, and it's almost a year to the date as, as, as we release this podcast. Brilliant. As well, since we tried it. Um, so, so, yeah, we've got a wonderful interview coming up now uh, with, with the Our Lady and Father Eric.
2: The demand, it's gone bonkers, hasn't it?
3: Well... Has it gone bonkers?
2: (laughs) Well, according to the BBC, Mm -hmm. it has. I mean, the the demand's pretty high, isn't it? Is it?
3: It, No, it it is. I I think the the BBC put its own twist on it. Mm. Of course they did. um, And I'm not quite sure how carefully they listened. um, (laughs) Because what I said to them was that we have a a queue of people wanting to buy it. um, But... um, we're, 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 there are customers we can't supply because we have our set volume of production. Um, so when they put us their headline, "Monks struggling to meet demand," <laughs> that, that isn't entirely true because um, well, we make what we want to make, yeah. and people want to buy what we make. So, as far as I'm concerned, everyone's happy. <laughs> so yeah. you're
2: not feeling any pressure at all. Not it's really. just, no, no,
3: cause, uh, that, I mean that, that's uh, that, that's one of the decisions we made when we started. Hmm that we would run the brewery in such a way that it's, it is it is compatible with the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. We've just, I mean, after a year, we've just about found a good rhythm now. Good. Um, so we're going to, to stick with that.
2: Oh, how many people are working? Is Brother Michael still...
3: He, he, he's, he's spending some time in solitude at the moment, mm-hmm. so he, he lives in our hermitage. Yes. Um, and I think I think, think we're about eight who are on okay. the brew now. So we, we were bottling this this morning. And th- 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 that's... Uh, that's a, I mean, that's a boring detail, but it's it's an organisational change that made made a bit big difference. I mean, I bottle over, because we 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 bottle a tank every time, mm-hmm. so that's um, four thousand hectoliters. We used to do that in one day, which was a very very long shift. Uh, now we do it in two shifts, and with two two teams. Uh, so that's become much more manageable and, and and actually quite enjoyable. So
2: do you find that you've you if you had to make compromises within. With other with your other duties around the monastery, not, not, or just not, sort of not a not bit really. of rejigging. Yeah,
3: but just a bit of jigging. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on the, obviously, we, we, we did think this through very carefully before we started. Mm. Um, during the first few months, it all looked a bit hopeless because obviously everything was new, and we struggled to make friends with the machines and all <laughs> particularly for the bottling. Um, but now it, it works well. There's
2: nobody I've met who doesn't like it.
3: That's wonderful. Um, and, and, it, it, and, and it has had consistently good write-ups. Mm-hmm. And, and it's nice that a, you know, a, a site like Ratebeer, mm. which is pretty objective, uh, has you know, a very positive ray, array of, of, of reviews.
2: I have to say as well, it's ageing beautifully because of the beers you kindly gave me yep. the last time. Um, I decided to keep them and have one a year. Okay. Um, but obviously it hadn't been a year, but I did have one at Christmas, mm-hmm. and comparing the one that I'd had the previous July mm-hmm. to the one I had at Christmas, it would just, you can really tell they're going to keep on aging beautifully, and that was, it was delicious, it really was. Well, I should think so,
3: and, and, and they'll keep for longer than the two years oh. indicated on the bottle.
2: Now, the first time that um, I met you, you said that you were going to just stick to the one style, that was it, like very much like of Value compared mm-hmm. it to. Um, is that... Are you at all curious about doing another one alongside it,
3: or? I think we're vaguely curious, but mm. um, we can keep our curiosity under control for
2: the time being. <laughs> has I mean, has, has Brother Michael tried any recipes just for just for himself? Not I mean, obviously not to. No, I don't think sell.
3: so. We, we, we have um, because I mean, it has to be said. This has been a very intense year, mm. um, and we've been keen to. Um, to really work out a, a good schedule to, to, to keep obviously a high quality and and and, mm-hmm. and to make sure that the, that, the, that the beer remains constant um, both in, in character and in quality and that's been a sufficient challenge really for this year
2: mm-hmm. have you I mean what would you say have there been any lessons learned over the last year what
3: I, yeah, well, uh, certainly, I mean, we, we've learned lots but, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, mainly simply about about the procedures yeah. for, for, for making it. Because when, when I think about it now, it was a bit of a madcap um, scheme, really, <laughs> to set this up from day one, just doing it ourselves without anyone who'd done it before. Obviously, as, as I mentioned when we met last year, um, we do have a, a, a brewmaster consultant who advises us but he lives in Holland um, so he supervised the first few brews but then we did it ourselves um, and the, the bottling especially has, has been quite challenging mm-hmm.
2: Where? How far are you dis- distributing it now? I mean is it going overseas?
3: Yes, um, so we have... Uh, well I mean we've got a three-pronged strategy so our, 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 our first priority is W- w- would be what we sell here mm-hmm. um, so sales through our shop uh, and and they have been very good um, that, that's been uh, an agreeable surprise to us that people do come here and buy it so that's the that's the first market and then we have our arrangement with the distributors James clay mm-hmm. um, so they sell nationally and then we have a little bit of export so we started export from the beginning to Belgium and Holland and that too has been a nice surprise that the Dutch and Belgian market has been very positive it's and working. It's flattering, really, yep. isn't it? Um, we've now started sending a small volume to Italy. And Excellent. And we, we send a very small volume to Norway. Um, so that's the, the, where you're from, isn't right. it? Yeah. So, so, so those are our three export markets mm. for now. And, uh, and, and, and that's all we can supply, really. Uh, have you been surprised with the demand for it? I, I think we've been surprised by the demand coming from Holland and Belgium, mm-hmm. um, because it feels a bit like sending coast to Newcastle. But,
2: uh, <laughs> and with regards to sort of technology and social media and things like that, are you? I mean, are you engaging more with things like that through the beer, or are you just
3: no? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a whole other world. No, stay it, away from it. Stay away from it.
3: Obviously, there are there are people who do that. Um, on our behalf, in insofar in, in as they comment on it mm-hmm. um, and recommend it, etc. But the only explicit outreach we have really is through our website, yeah. which doesn't change very often.
2: So do you just have a little sneaky peek at rape beer and things like that now again, just to check the, that the, it's still yeah, okay.
3: Very occasionally, mm-hmm. I think we do that. Yeah. And, 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 and obviously, if there are things appearing in the press, we will tend to get... Mm-hmm. reports of it.
2: Of course because the film's been made hasn't it? A little documentary I saw that's well, coming it, it, out. It's not
3: so little it, it, it's, it, it's a, it's, it's a full length film 90 minutes. My gosh mm-hmm. have you seen it? Oh yes
2: And are you pleased with it? Have they? Do you think that they've represented you well?
3: I think he's done a very good job the, 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 the documentary isn't, isn't primarily to do with the brewery mm-hmm. um, it, it's about the monastery and it's been in production He's been filming for about three years.
2: Oh gosh, so um, he was here over the transition? Oh yes. Has, has there been anything negative
3: at all throughout this experience no, for you? There hasn't really. And, 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 and that's, been, um, that's been a little bit surprising to me <laughs> because I-
2: There's so much I, negativity in the world.
3: Exactly, and, and, and I think we had been prepared for it, but all, all the attention we've we've had really has been very positive and and, and, and friendly uh, and interested.
2: With the world of social media and the way things
3: are rated and
2: commented on now, it was just something for yourselves, and that from my side of the fence, it's blown up.
3: Yeah, and, and that, I mean, that, 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 too is, is I mean, it, it, it's a sort of, it's an amusing paradox that people occasionally ask what we do about marketing, and we haven't really done any marketing. <laughs>
2: Um, I bet there are, so, there are going to be so many brewers listening to this that they're mm? going, no, it's so unfair. No? <laughs> but it's I mean, brilliant. I,
3: I, 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 I recognise that. The,
2: um, uh, I guess the, it's intrigue, isn't it? Mm? It's just, it is intriguing, which is why I wanted to come here initially and come here a year after to see what had changed. But, I mean, from what I can see, not much has changed mm? apart from the fact and, that and, you and, and,
3: and, and I think that... that, that that in itself is something that consumers actually quite like, the fact that they're not being manipulated in any mm. way. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit like our hospitality generally. That, I mean, we, we, we don't advertise that, but anyone who comes and knocks on the door is welcome.
2: Mm. I mean, obviously the, the listeners who are listening to this recording now can't see where we're sitting. They can hear it, and that's something that they all commented on the last time hearing the birds, the, the birds yeah. in the background, um, which I'm glad we're doing this outside again. Mm. It just seems to be ticking along so beautifully. I'm really pleased. I, mean, I feel privileged to have seen it right at the beginning. And
3: yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I dare say we were all a little less chilled last time you were here.
2: <laughs> I think Brother Michael wasn't anyway. Gosh, bless him, because it was this kind of heat, wasn't it? Mm. It wasn't working as smoothly as you said the last time when you mm. were just preparing for the first <laughs> no, big no, 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 distribution, it? No, no, was a nervous time. Yes, but it doesn't seem like you had any reason to be nervous. It seems like it all went very, very well.
3: Well, no, it, 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 we, we, we we have we have been fortunate, and we have worked hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I must say that we, we have been extremely well advised um, but by the people who helped us set it mm-hmm. up. So that, I think the fact that we put, as I said when we last met, you know, we, we talked about this and had it on the drawing table for about three years, four years almost, before we actually started, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that has paid off.
0: I don't know about you, mate, but I was absolutely transfixed by that interview again.
1: Again, same thing. First of all, nice bit of bird song in the background. Oh, so it's
0: just brilliant, isn't it? That just that, that sound of the outside and the birds. It's just it just takes you to a different place. Yeah,
1: because it's there and it's not there. Yeah, you don't always notice it. I, I so want to visit. This, yeah, yeah, the, definitely. The, this this abbey. I think we, really definitely, we definitely need to go and uh, you know, meet it Feels like Eric's... Done a few interviews. He's, it, he's got a little bit more honed in his interview style. Well, he hasn't felt a lot he? more relaxed because he was quite. He was always quite chilled with his interview yeah. with Danny last year, but this year he just felt relaxed, chilled. Didn't really mind what he said. You know, I love the fact that he mentioned rape beer.
0: Oh, that was brilliant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's clearly he's done
0: his research yeah, now, yeah. now now as well. But I think in terms of the the the, 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 the BBC news story saying they can't keep up with demand. And what he had to say about that, I think that the, the quote was, "We make what we want to make." Yeah, they're making
1: what they're making what they want to make, what they can make, what they can bottle, what yeah. they can send out,
0: and and no, nothing else is going to dictate to them. They'll, they're they're going to do what they want to
1: yeah. do. No, I, I I I did like that. I mean, I think it's a great, still a great headline from the BBC, though.
0: Oh, without without a doubt, yeah. But
1: again, more publicity for them without them doing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I was also quite intrigued in in terms of what um, Danny was saying that she's obviously tried the beer a little bit on from when it was first released. And she was saying that she thinks it's beginning to develop lovely. Like, yeah.
1: Like, I did notice there was a bit of comments on uh, Twitter about it not being um, similar to some of the, the, the Belgian Trappist beers. But th- if I remember correctly, that was never their aim. They own.
0: never set out to do that. No, what they wanted to do was to produce a traditionally English beer... Yeah but in the
1: Trappist lifestyle which I think is fairly much well that's what I thought last year yeah. I think you thought it as well that's what they did last year so this is now starting to mature a bit maybe I don't know old ale kind of feel to it um, It definitely felt it had more to give mm last year absolutely yeah and we I think both you and I have got a bottle tucked away still from that very first batch from the first batch yeah so I'm very curious but I'm still I'm going to hold off a little while longer it's, it's one of
0: those ones that I just don't know how long to hold yeah. on to it although far before. Eric
1: was again he was very definite about this but he said it'll definitely go past those two years yeah yeah, so maybe put, they've got on it. So he he's, on to it for a while. He's very confident about that bit, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah, about a doubt. But massive thanks to, to Danny uh, at the Owl Lady for going up and, and doing that interview for us. And, and thank you so much to Father Eric for giving up his time again and, and, and giving us another, as far as I'm aware, exclusive interview in, in, in terms of where, where they are a year on. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, hopefully this just carries on. Oh, without a doubt. You know, long may it continue. Yeah,
1: I, I also like the way you just said, yeah, we're not good doing other beers. No, we've, we've got this one and, and yeah, that's enough. we've pretty much nailed this one. We're just going to carry on. Yeah. Because it's not their primary focus. That's not what they're for. No, but I I loved,
0: I think he spoke in there about how essentially the, 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 the making of the beer is funding their new roof. Yeah. In in, in, the, in the Abbey. But, and, I, and I think that's brilliant. But that's the lifestyle they lead, is That isn't was the it?
1: idea. So, you know, a lot of them... Do cheese, other consumable products, maybe some breads. They've chosen to do beer on this occasion. Yeah, they've, they've obviously looked out, and seen what, seen what, seen what else happens. They don't use social media, and yet, according to the BBC, they can't produce enough of the stuff anyway. I
0: know, and that, and that's 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 brilliant. Yeah, that's just absolutely brilliant. Um, final thoughts on the
1: the the beer that we've been drinking. I would say that the more I drank it, I think the vanilla the custard element of the rhubarb and custard started to come through maybe it's started to warm that's what i'm thinking a, that a, a little bit sort of lends itself to that coming through i think there's a little bit of tartness to it yes I, I i agree with that i think i was i was leaning a bit more towards sour but i think no it's definitely got that sort of tart edge to it but a very soft yeah yeah tart edge to it what what, what i've got left in my mouth is, is
0: is literally the feeling that you'd have if you'd been eating rhubarb and custard sweets the, the, the boiled tweets
1: with the sugary coating. Constantly. Cr- yeah. Crunching them and then going, I'll have another one. Yeah. So for those listeners who agree with having a quarter,
0: <laughs>
1: a quarter of room in a I'll little, little white it, paper bag, yep. Yep. and literally you demolished that in about half an hour, just one after the other. And
0: then you'd be left with that tang all afternoon, yeah. afternoon wouldn't you? In, 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 oh, you in were your coated. Mouth. Yeah. You would coated. That's what this beer does. Yeah. Which, which in terms of, is it doing what it says on the
1: tin? Absolutely, yes, it's doing what it says on the tin. Yeah, and it may or may not, I mean, as it happens, I, I've really enjoyed it. It may or not be your kind of thing, but it's definitely known what it's set out to do.
0: Yeah, and, and that's interesting
1: because that was the extra
0: custard version.
1: Yeah. It would have been quite interesting to have tasted the normal version yeah.
0: as, as, as well to see what the flavouring was like on that, I think.
1: But no, you know, two beer, rhubarb beers running.
0: Absolutely. And now we're going to head into uh, another fruit beer yeah so this is hey mango
1: hey mango a mango ice cream IPA. so again if i'm picking this up for the first time i'm thinking bit of a another bit of a milkshake type of beer a bit lactose yeah. heavy bit bit full uh, maybe got,
0: mango ice cream maybe you'd yeah. be more leaning towards a sorbet would you rather possibly than ice cream
1: um it says generous mango vanilla citron mosaic combine in this big-bodied ice cream IPA, so
0: it's a mango, citra, and mosaic. So it's a two of the big hops. Yes. In in this With as, as well. A
1: very powerful fruit. Mangoes a pretty powerful fruit, I yeah. think. Yeah.
0: I'm fairly
1: excited about this one. I think it's going to, to be, a,
0: to be honest, an interesting beer. Oh, that now that looks interesting coming out of the can Ooh. straight away.
1: I mean that is. Thick and juicy, isn't it? I mean, that is a lemony, orangey colour. Yeah, lot thicker, lot thicker than before. Um, and I made a bit of a mess in my own my own bar this time. Can't even blame you, Steve.
0: No, no, you don't. You don't allow me to pour. On, I mean, to be on, fair, the, the can had I am a spiller.
1: This can had taken a bit of a hit.
0: Yes, it's it's, it's a little bit battered in the uh, transportation process. But yeah, this, this
1: this looks like how I would have expected it to look.
0: Yes. Um Cheers. Cheers, let's dig into this. You get mango on the nose. Straight away, you get and you get lactose yeah. in, in there as this, well. This
1: this one feels a lot more prevalent in that kind yeah. of style. Very tight carbonation again. Even though the head has died away quite quickly, it still feels quite tight carbonated. That's really sugary on the finish. It is it's also quite um, pulpy as, as well almost mm. as, as though you've got the mango pulp well um, the fruit rating appears to be I mean again without knowing how how this all works but the fruit rating looks like they're saying there's a lot of fruit that's super fruity if you look isn't on the it cannon, yeah. if you look on their spider's web the the bit which points right out to the fruity bit and the sweet bit and the hot bit fruit wins um I would say, again, that Spider's Web is actually quite accurate for this beer, uh, as it stands. Uh, So we've got barley oats, lactose, apple, mango, hops, vanilla, tonka. Really? Yes. so their favourite bean has made its way even into this. I
0: haven't picked any of that up. No.
1: So it must be a really moderate usage of it. Yeah, but I'm wondering if it's one of those ingredients that you'd notice if it wasn't there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. when you add maybe when you add a bit of seasoning to a meal, mm-hmm. you may not you may only add a pinch of it, not not noticeable. you may notice if you don't add it.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I'm undecided about whether I like
0: this one at the moment. Th- this might might be interesting as this warms as to whether it gets better or worse.
1: For me, I'm probably going to be keen on not getting too warm. I,
0: I don't want it to get too warm. Yeah. I want to. I, I mean, it. it I, I know I said sorbet. It does look like mango sorbet. Oh, yeah, yeah. If that was in in iced form, yeah.
1: Two scoops in a bowl, I mean, there are people who were all over it.
0: Well, while we're talking fruit, that's a nice um, segue into this week's question. Opinions,
2: opinions,
0: opinions, opinions. Firstly, we preface this one with we've seen a number of recalls, warnings, and snow globe pause in relation to beer in cans recently. So the question was. Is it time to stop putting fruit in canned beer? Now, for the first time ever,
1: we had a 50-50 split on yeah. the votes uh, from 435 votes. So, obviously, the, the mathematical geniuses of you would spot about a, a 50-50 split of percentage versus an odd number of votes. I'm just assuming that's a Twitter rounding up, rounding It's got It's thing. got to be some sort of algorithm, hasn't yeah. it, in, in, in terms but of essentially, how they round up Essentially, down. that is... If it was a, a vote for government, there'd be a recount anyway. So let's yeah. just say it was a split vote, 50-50, which, yeah, is the first time it's happened. It is. It is, absolutely. So we've got quite a lot of comments this
0: week. And obviously, as, as, as always, we can't feature all of the comments that we had. But there is a link in the show notes. And if you want to click on the the link to the question in the show notes, you can go through. You can read all the comments. But in addition to all the comments we've had as well, we've also had a few Quite a lot of input from so Lee at Brew York yep. uh, was was quite happy to input into their use of fruit in in, in beers. Um, we had Nick from the Hot Forward podcast, yep. who also a brewer, had some input into terms of his use yep. of fruit in beers. And we did have um, an anonymous contributor via DM who who did ask to stay. Uh, yep. uh, anonymous in terms of their views as well. So, shall we do some of our listeners' views first and then dump,
1: jump into some of the sciencey stuff? Shall we say our views first? Because there's been a few okay, times yeah, recently yeah, it's, where it's, maybe we've, we've skipped on our... Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the content we get from everyone else is so interesting, just forget to do ours. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't mind fruit and beer. I just want it to work in the right way. I mean, I've been drinking... Belgian beers with fruit for a number of years, and I also remember still very fondly the first time that you introduced me to the Magic Wire, Magic Rock High Wire Grapefruit, grapefruit. which was back in 2015 at the inaugural Clayfest. Yeah, which you had brought back in your little growler, my, my from Magic the, Rock Growler, from, yeah. the, from the tap room. and I actually fell in love with that beer because I thought it was really well-balanced. Everything complemented, you know, the, the, the grapefruit and the original high wire worked really well. Um, but I have to admit, I am getting a little bit fed out with overly fruited beers in cans, which may or may not suddenly explode on you. My first experience of it was the cloud water apple pie. And I think they did do a bit of a... After a while, they did send out a notice about it. Yeah. And I got some in for a tasting at work. And we did have a few left over. And so we did um, open them. We've got a few kitchen areas in the in the workplace which we can use. And we did... And a couple of them, if that had been opened up as part of the event, I probably would have had a few problems myself. Really? Yeah, because they did explode. Yeah. Once a little bit of pressure had been released, it went bang. Um, so... I understand the want, the desire for innovation, both on the part of the brewer and on the part of the consumer. But let's just get it right. Yeah, let's let, let's make sure we're, we're checking things. Let's get it right. Let's yeah. get the quality control right. Let's not get the quality control right on day one just. Let's get the quality control right on, on day seven, week four, three months. Just because you recommend that you someone... Keeps it cold all the time and drink it within six weeks to be produced. It's not always going to happen, so because I, there
0: are elements out of everybody's control yeah. within
1: that process. And I don't think there's many other products where we'd accept things exploding and not take it back. No, no. You know, you know if we uh, and also maybe some of these beers shouldn't go in cans. That there is that point for me as, 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 as yeah, well. If I, if I go to if I go to a place like Canton. All their beers are in champagne bottles with corks and wire tops. There must be a reason why they do that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: There's got to be a reason why they do that. There's things going on in that bottle that you don't know what's going on in that bottle. But
1: that bottle can hold it. Yeah. Obviously not guaranteed. You could have an extreme turn of events like they did in, in one of those breweries in Belgium where all the temperature control went off, went really hot, and things started exploding everywhere. But let's assume nothing like that happens. Then there's a reason why they use seven fifty milliliter champagne type bottles for those kind of beers, mm-hmm. and perhaps we're just trying to be maybe two steps ahead of where we want to be and two steps ahead of where we need to be. Yeah, okay, but I'd personally, I would say yes, but do it right. Okay, what, what's your feeling? I'm
0: my, my view is is that I've got to say I'm I'm not a massive fan of it. Of, of, of fruit in beers because <clears throat> i'd rather let maybe the other ingredients do the talking so if, if if you've got a hop that gives a characteristic of a flavor of a fruit then be more skillful with those hops and, and use those hops to give those characteristics part of me is is also a little bit put off by the, the, the more fruity beers these days because they do very much go hand in hand with the New England wave of, of beers that we've seen, the more, you, you know, low bitterness, fruit forward. Soft mouthfeel. Soft mouthfeel, and, okay. And, 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 all, and all that. And and that's and, true. That, and that, and, that's... and to, to my personal palate, that, that's not what I'd, I'd go for. Um, but but then if you, if you look to t- tradition and history, as you say, you know, places like Cantillon have been doing fruit in beers for, for, for years. Uh, and also using other,
1: that flavor, and obviously other Belgian brewers as well. But Canyon yeah. was just an easy example. Um,
0: and and maybe some of what I'm saying is very much in relation to your, you, you know, your Panels, your IPAs, your double IPAs. That the flip side of that is when when fruits are used well in a in stout, it's an incredible thing, it, it, and it works so well mm-hmm. in 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 an impie stout. style. Um, I, I think I think some of the problems we're seeing you know yes some of it's down to canning you can't see what's in the can before you open it no nope. so you don't and you've said this many times on podcasts I've been banging on about it for a while you haven't. don't know how to pour a can no because you don't know what's in there at least with a bottle you can see if there's any yeah. sediment you I can might see be, if there's any fruit lumps I might not be happy but at
1: least I can spot it
0: yeah absolutely and I think I think one of the things that well, one of the times that it first happened was with um, way back maybe three or four years ago now it was a siren beer can't remember what it was called, but it was uh I don't think again that was mango and it was really, really lumpy when it poured from from the bottle, and they openly said yeah it's it's lumps of the fruit, we just couldn't ferment it out we just you know we just couldn't strain it out of it, so it ended up in the bottles. So I think it was the tickle monster or something like that okay that 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 had yeah. Big lumps of fruit in it, and it wasn't. It wasn't sediment. It it was lumps of fruit that they just could
1: not. But do we filter want, out? But of do it. we want lumps of fruit in our beer? No. If
0: I if I want a lump of fruit in my beer, we're we getting to a point where it's almost like when you're serving yourself a gin, you put a slice of of something yeah. in there. I don't. I don't. I don't want that in. I wouldn't in, want the gin my gin to go with the
1: fruit floating around it. No.
0: No. No. Absolutely not. So I would probably be on the side of is it time to stop putting fruit in canned beer? Yes. I th- I, I think it is. But again, probably with the proviso that you said that we are in, seem to be in a constant race for innovation and what can we do now? Yeah. And, 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 and everybody pushing one another in, in terms of
1: that. So the listeners had quite a few uh, comments. And so we start off with one from Stu Chant at Chant Stu. What is considered a number? Are we talking a single batch from a couple of breweries or is this an epidemic that should make us fear for the lives of our children? <laughs> I like the way we leapt. Yeah, yeah, from one to the other. No middle ground. Unless it's the latter, I think it's safe for the practice to continue. So presumably, yes.
0: I, I wanted to include this one j- just because I wanted to, uh, I suppose, kind of justify the question that, that, that we had. So this, this is over a, a period of months where there have been maybe... A handful of isolated incidents, but recently there's maybe been one or two incidents of of, of certainly one beer in particular that has been that has been particularly I bad. I think
1: there's been I think there's been a few. A few people have posted where these for some people these are styles of beer they go for, and they've had three or four on the run where they've had the the snow globe or the sediment and yeah. stuff. So i I'm, I'm 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 pretty certain all the breweries would con, consider none of their beers are. Dangerous to the the children. No, but maybe there's a bit in the in the middle here. But I I did still quite. The the comment did still make me chuckle. I had to admit. Um, And from uh, someone's already had a mention, Paul at UNRCD. Always time for better quality control, but what I've seen is that there have been issues weeks after release. Had a great dipper off one brewery, which was gorgeous. Same beer two weeks later looked horrendous and was a drain pour. And again, this is where we come down to perhaps that bit about. We don't quite know what's happening further down the line. Yeah, so we're not giving
0: it enough time. Yeah, are we? We're, we're don't, not understanding. Day it.
1: one's fine. Day seven's fine. That week two's fine. But if you've still got it in your cupboard or your fridge, wherever you've decided to store it, we actually don't quite know what's happening there. Yeah, and then you find maybe you've got a different beer to what you thought you were going to get uh, from Hopford at Hopford Beers. Nope it's just time for many brewers to acquire more knowledge and adopt better practices when fermenting fruit as the sugars in various juices purees and syrups can all act quite differently not to mention how yeasts react to the sugars in package
0: now we did follow up with nick yes. at hot forward beers and he was quite happy to send us a little bit more detail through on, on, on DM, so talking about unfermented sugars and temperature impacting on the product, um, he did go on to say, in addition, dependent on the source of the fruit and whether it's been pasteurized or not, wild yeasts can potentially get in on fresh fruit and then all hell breaks, breaks loose. And from his experience, it can depend on the fruit. I've bottled a rhubarb season that didn't ferment out any further. I added the rhubarb to a conditioning tank and was totally fine. Fruit is such an unknown quality, and I think lots of brewers are racing products to market to keep up with the latest trends and don't always consider the long-term effects of, of re-fermentation in the package. And I
1: think that's probably where, a, well, it, perhaps where it seems to me where a lot of these problems have come from.
0: Yeah, because breweries aren't necessarily taking the time
1: to learn about What happens? Yeah, and also maybe quite haven't got the, you know, because a lot of these breweries are quite young. Yeah, a lot of these brewers are fairly are 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 quite new to doing some of this innovative style of brewing, but perhaps we they and they haven't got the facilities, time, money, and effort. Yeah, readily available to do these kind of things, but they should.
0: Yeah, well, our, our our anonymous contributor that we had via via DM does. Say something along those lines. So um, they said that not enough understanding. That there's not enough understanding about the brewing process as far as it relates to water hops, malt, and yeast. But that's it. They don't actually understand brewing and fermentation, though. That's the thing you see. Unless you can guarantee that fermentation won't take place post packaging, then it's very likely it will. Brew a beer and then blend apple pulp into post-fermenter, it's going to explode in your cans. Make a soda with fresh juice, it's going to ferment enough to be alcoholic. This is basic stuff to a home brewer, because they've spent many years making these mistakes. And they'll have learned from that that fructose isn't a sugar that can, can ferment. can't ferment. It can ferment, it just does it very slowly. Plus, unless you guarantee that any pulp you buy in has been properly pasteurised, you're asking for trouble. You can QC all you like to test your viable yeast cells, but add sugars and give them times, and they'll multiply and boom. I like
1: that. Boom. Yeah. And boom. Y- y- boom. Boom. Y- it goes forth.
0: That's that's a lot of that's a lot of knowledge there. That.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that, I think what was really good about that point was about the the home brewer yeah has already made those mistakes but has made it on such a small scale
0: well maybe they've lost a
1: dozen yeah. bottles which they'll be gutted about
0: that have exploded but, in their cupboard yeah yeah um,
1: but it's their own beers they've been experimenting they've tried it it hasn't worked and they might think oh well i won't do that again or I'll do it something differently or I'll use different packaging and maybe what we've we're seeing now is that if we'd had these style of beers coming out three years ago maybe in bottles maybe some of the problems wouldn't be quite the same so you yeah, may still the
0: bottles can maybe hold it a bit more
1: yeah and you'd be able to see whether there was some of this snow globe mm. sediment thing going on as well so while you may not be happy you can't pour all the beer into a glass at least what you do pour you can see what's happening yeah you can you can leave the murk yeah in the hopefully bottle. a minimal amount of murk you don't want to even like a third of the bottle do you yeah back to some of the listener comments then
0: uh the mad brewer at the mad brewery just do it right and filter out the fruit when canning it shouldn't be an issue to the point then yeah very very much so and again the toy house brewery at toy house brew no no and definitely no just work out what you're doing before releasing it to the public simples uh, also, The Manchi at the Pyman 7 voted no. Instead of ca- everyone coming up with a new beer weekly, let's slow it down and understand shelf life, quality control, and the whole science behind it. Uh, as has been said before me, on a side note, is there a difference between fruit in cans or bottles? I think there is. I, I think there is as, as well, because as, as you've just said, you can, you can see what's going on in a bottle. Yeah. You, you can see whether it's a, about to explode or not. You, you can see whether the, the the fruit was fermented out or whether it's snow
1: globing and it's less chance it's going to explode in your cupboard yes so it might still be an active pour once you've opened it because we've seen those before at bottle share oh absolutely yeah you know where it goes pop phew, let all the pressure out but at least at least up until that point it hasn't done anything else around it
0: yeah yeah um Drac uber at Drak uber the trouble with putting beer style, putting beer styles that have potential to have sediment in cans, is that you can't see the gun until it's already poured into your glass. Yes. Again, you've been banging on about this. <laughs> I think pretty much since we first started doing yes. opinions, mate. Yes. Um, James Ray Bissell at Jimmy Ray Bissell. I think part of the problem is the current throwaway beer culture just leads to breweries rushing to get the next new beer out. They aren't th- aren't thinking about their brews. Uh, properly and it's causing way too many quality control issues
1: however done when done right I bloody love fruit in beer I think that's an important thing I think when people do do it right and obviously we have varying degrees of what's right and what's wrong but again if it's well balanced it's produced okay the, the can isn't exploding and you're not losing half of it to sediment I think there can be some really good beers out there yeah As I said the Belgiums have been doing these for decades if not centuries and they're much sought after those beers. But I don't feel like they're trying to push the boundaries quite as much as we are in the last, I don't know, eighteen months?
0: Yeah. But it's it's interesting because a lot of people are honing in on that particular thing of of, of it being very much a, a race to see who can get the next new beer, who can innovate to the next level. Yeah. Where, where are these boundaries being constantly pushed to? Again, Richard Harper at Alarmist UK says, it's time for more learning and greater knowledge,
1: less of a style race, more of a style now. Yeah, which I think we've spoken about before as well. It almost comes back to that, one of those conversations we had previously about core range. Should, yeah. you, should you nail a core range to start off with, get that right? I think a good example that would be five points. Mm-hmm. They started off with very, very nailing that core range and then gradually started introducing these other beers to market. And it still haven't introduced loads. Still been a very gradual gradual move to sort the... Sort of half
0: a dozen or so, yeah. isn't it? That's in their range.
1: So, which you'd probably consider to be core cool now. Like yeah. the Jupa being added to it. Um, so we had another comment along the same line. I don't have a problem with fruit and beer, but where's the quality control? Are brewers rushing to get beers out and skipping the, Q- the QC? If so, we need to seriously consider the current market for newer... For new, newer, newest. And that's from Rach at Look at Brew, at Look at Brew.
0: Yep, and so many comments along that sort of vein. Pad- Padrick Fox at Foxtronic 82 voted to keep putting fruit in there with a proviso to put proper quality control in order. And then there's no need for recalling it in the first place.
1: Yep, and we have seen the recalls as well. Yeah. But again, the recall is a pain in the arse, isn't it? Where do you, do you send it? If you've bought it online from the Brewer de Reds? does that mean you've got to package it and send it back? Or do you throw it away and just prove that you bought it?
0: I think certainly the only the only experiences I can speak from is where I've seen um, Sean at Beer Central have to recall beers because the breweries advise him to do so. He's literally like, any of these beers we've taken out of pre-order boxes and we've kind of taken that off of your account because we can't sell these to you. If you've bought one from us, we'd like you to bring it back and we'll give you the money back
1: but how do you bring it back if, you, if you've already drunk ate, if or you, you live yeah. in Essex well, we,
0: and it's yeah, in Sheffield yeah you don't it's, it's, it's quite difficult isn't that, it that, so that's, that's, we, we shouldn't be at the stage where recalls are happening I, I, I really don't think where beer is now in 2019 you, you know where we've got to where we are now I don't think we should be at a point where breweries are issuing recalls
1: no because generally if we look at the foodstuffs product recalls tend to be about when something's Got into the food that shouldn't be there. Mm. So we go back to the seventies and eighties. You've that thing with the Austrian wine and antifreeze, and then you've had things where maybe a bit of shrapnel of some kind gets into a food stuff that's actually obviously can't be there and should be recalled. But this isn't that kind of recall, is it? No, not not at all. That's not the kind of recall we're talking about. We're talking about a recall where perhaps what has happened isn't what's planned to have happened. Yeah, oh, we've
0: noticed this beer is a bit wrong. Yeah, or it's exploded exactly. we've had one explode in our storeroom that's been kept at the right temperature
1: maybe if it's gone out we should be getting some of these back sort of thing exactly and I think that's that's a little bit different than the product recall yeah um, so from Charles Tustain at Tusters no don't stop using free fruits but a better understanding of the fruit use and its properties in relation to sugar content and effects on fermentation more in-house testing required before general release from the Hotspot podcast at Hotspot UK. I enjoyed the prospect of fruit flavoured beers, perhaps, but perhaps the beers in question need to go through more product testing. Or like others have said, better quality control before it reaches the consumer. That being said, I've tried some beers before they were recalled and had no issues and really enjoyed the taste of them. At the end of the day, brewing is a science, a so kind of magic. And sometimes it requires a leap of faith in search of perfection in the brew. I love that comment. But it shouldn't require my leap of faith.
0: I'm not sure on the leap of faith point of that comment. Shouldn't, it
1: shouldn't require my leap of faith because
0: my leap of leap of faith might have been seven or eight quid. Yeah. On on a can that's exploded.
1: Those are some really really great comments. Yes. Yeah. What it does show is that people care. So people still want the brewers to innovate and put good beers out there and new beers out there, but do it in the right way.
0: Yeah. Now we've had some input on this from Lee at Brew York as well. Yeah. Obviously tonight we're drinking the remainder of the Brew York beers, the majority of which are all got fruit additions to them. So I thought it was only fair to, to to allow Lee to to have a comment on this. So
1: before we dive into uh, Lee's Lee's thoughts from Brew York, what are you're uh, your thinking about the last beer? Uh,
0: I enjoyed it. It was just like a mango fruit smoothie though. Yeah. Um, and as it warmed, it maybe got a little bit sweet for, for, for my liking.
1: Yeah, well, I uh, if maybe if we'd started off with been a bit colder yeah. and drunk it a bit quicker, might have loved it a little bit more. It's, it's possibly, and I know
0: people are going to scream at me for this, possibly a beer that I would have quite happily drunk with ice in
1: it, just to have kept it cool, to, to have stopped it oh, from To be honest, I might, I might scream at you for that as well. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to open the next beer before we um, do the comments. Okay, so... We- more fruit, but definitely more fruit, a different style,
0: a definitely a different food style. Time. So,
1: this is the Goose, Goose Willis, loving the names of these great beers. name. I Goose love Willis. the name on this one. Um, Gooseberry Fool Sour, so 5.3%. Let's see what this is like. I mean, what's your experience of gooseberry, Steve? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna put it out there, maybe a bit limited,
0: very limited in, in, in terms of what, what I've had before. Um, it does pour incredibly clear
1: yeah so this is clear well, clear like the rhubarb beer. would you say yeah
0: it's got a lovely big white foamy head
1: on it as well it's quite a tight head actually isn't it yeah oh oh it's got it's tart um, on the nose it's tight it's almost got like the uh, the fantastic Haribo yeah yeah type of nose yeah cheers, okay, cheers. for the benefit of our listeners <laughs> Oh. the reason the reason why i paused there because i was waiting to see if we were going to get the steve sour face and it's a thumbs up from me we got the steve South face and it's still going jesus is that a beer which is still giving yes so it looks like i'm topping up the glass with the rest of it for me that
0: is i mean there is a massive sour hit on that I know, it's brilliant and I, I think you nailed it in in your description on the on, on the nose. It's 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 Haribo Tangfastics, and and that's what you get on the, on the mouthfeel. That's that's what hits you straight away.
1: I think that's brilliant. Is that
0: massive sour? It's it's a sour punch. In oh yes,
1: yeah. oh. it, it it's it's sour. It's got a hint of tartness. It's it's but it's 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 well balanced sweetness though. But I will come back to it. It is like. <laughs> the fantastic it
0: is, it is it's It's.
1: like somebody has liquefied Tang tangfastics and put it in a glass yeah, brilliant for, for, for me so while i'm enjoying this <laughs> and while you're enduring this what about lee's comments
0: okay so like i say obviously we're we're once again featuring a lot of beers from brew york um these are all got fruit additions to them so, uh, as the show was mainly, or, or certainly as, as opinions is mainly around uh, the use of fruit in beers, I, I, I thought it was worth asking Lee uh, what their view on it was, and, and he was brilliant in terms of the response he sent to us was fantastically detailed. So, kind of just the headlines from that response. So, um, Lee said the general cause of, uh, of some of the issues that we're seeing is down to unfermented fruit sugars. Which I think has been alluded to in some of the other comments. Yeah. When the brewery believes the beer is um that the beer to be stable and the desired flavor profile has been achieved the beer will be cooled ready for packaging generally the product would then be cold stored so the temperature of the product doesn't rise again until the uh, until acquired by the consumer or retailer at this point if the beer isn't stable then there are remaining fruit sugars the yeast will wake up at the more hospitable temperatures and the beer will begin fermenting again. This will, at a minimum, result in carbonation level above, which is what the brewer desired, and at worst create exploding cans, which are a safety risk. Thin aluminium is simply not designed to take champagne-type pressures. We have changed our QC by holding the beer warmer for longer after the addition of fruit, and post-packaging we expose a couple of sample cans to a temperature of 25, um, centigrade for a couple of days to see if we can generate any additional activity if the beer pool passes this test it is approved for sale I think we're seeing more of this kind of thing because we have to be more innovative independent brewers um, than ever before and a large proportion of rightly opting not to filter their beers to deliver optimal flavor this does run the risk of yeast or some other bacteria being present in the final package that can begin chewing again at any residual sugars that are present. I think potentially what we're seeing is a result of the constant race to go that one step further with beer. I'm a huge advocate of using fruit in beers, we just need to be aware of the potential issues and take steps steps to prevent them so that so, so as the, to prevent them so that as those I describe above. By we, I mean the brewing community, and I don't think we can abdicate our responsibility by simply writing, that contains fruit, keep cold at all times, as some American breweries are doing. So it seems like Brew York are doing all they can to ensure they don't have these issues when the beer
1: leaves the brewery. Although there's a couple of things I would pick up on this. So I mean, firstly, thank you very much to Leah Brew York for giving us, along with all the other detailed uh, information is giving us a detailed response to, to the question. Um, obviously, it's a matter of opinion uh, whether a large proportion are rightly opting not to filter because there are some people who I would say would advocate filtering. Um, and I, I found it very interesting that the, uh, the Americans are trying to get around it by having the disclaimer on the side of it contains fruit, keep cold at all yeah. times, which... Was, seriously, that, there is no guarantee that can happen all the way through from A to Z of the process. Um, and also the last bit I pick up on is about the thin aluminium. It's simply not designed to take champagne type pressures. Um, so it looks like Brew York understand where the potential issues can be. They all also understand um, what they want to do going forward. I had now have a picture of them in hazmat suits with a couple of beers in these big plastic containers where they put the arms into those uh then into these other gloves. Yeah. Just to see if the beer is okay under these hot temperatures and stuff like yeah.
0: that. <laughs> almost like uh Martin McFly in Back to the Future yeah. where he's got the the, 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 the big yellow suit yeah. on and he's he's
1: he's wandering around. That's why I'm I'm predicting they're doing. They're holding this can of beer out in the heat. Will anything happen to it? But
0: but it's great to hear that they're certainly doing the quality yeah. control. Which, which we hope a number of other brewers yeah. are doing and and again it's it's, it's interesting that it alludes to kind of this race to be innovative and sometimes are people cutting corners to be the first one to do something yeah. that being said uh, I mean that discussion um that we've had tonight the the input from the the, the brewers that the science stuff that they've offered us. Everything that our listeners are fed back on has, has been brilliant this, this week. And if, if you want to continue to get involved in that, use the hashtag opinions. And you very, may very well appear in this next part of the show.
3: Let us know.
0: Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness.
1: Write oh it down. God.
0: Lots of comments here. There this, is a lot of comments. First one, once again, from Lee at BrewYork. It uh, does feature quite a lot in, in, in this evening's show. <laughs> Rightly so, as he's kind of given us a whole load of beers. Uh, obviously, based on the last show, excellent show, gents. Thrilling to hear you drinking and enjoying the beers. Can't wait for the next one. On Martin's question, Tonka. They are banned by the FDA in the USA as they contain a substance called cumarin. It's a blood thinner, a bit like warf- warf- warfarin. You'd have to eat about thirty beans to die, but trust me, you wouldn't even eat one on their own, as they're intensely bitter. As to the beers, you'd die of alcohol poisoning before you got remotely near a toxic level. Keep up the good work.
1: No, oh, thank you very much for more, n- more n- facts.
0: Nice bit of sciencey facts yeah. feedback. There. So I knew, I
1: knew there was something about the tonka bean. Yeah, um, but obviously it's, it's, it's
0: great that you had that little nugget though. Yeah,
1: ready, was a, ready I'm to go. Not sure where it came from. Yeah, it was there in the back of my mind somewhere. But yeah, I, I quite like that. You'd have to actually have a lot of it and other things would kill you first
0: yes yeah uh, Simon Webster at bees underscore Bohoy. Uh, rather spooky to listen to your current podcast while driving back from my own visit to the marvellous brew York Beer Taproom plus, plus a few others while up north last week so
1: oh, well, thank timely. you very much that was very timely
0: yep Bob Maxfield at Bob Maxfield. Sir Martin, Randy Savage was the wrestler Peter Parker fights in the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man, for reference. See? Which I think you got yeah. at that point, didn't you? Yes. Then I thought, ah, oh, now I know who he is. Yes. Uh, which was followed up by Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor1608. Great show. I think a wrestling themed show should happen. So do I.
1: So do I. I'm drinking beer at the moment.
0: Okay. Uh, discombobulated at discombobulated. thanks for another engaging show and I hope you enjoy your summer breaks, which we very much did. We definitely did. And, and I definitely we're, we're now it. back enjoying more beer. Yeah.
1: From Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers, who, again, sent us a few beers a couple of shows ago. Loved the fancy theme. Blimey, did that have me dreaming. Can't believe no mention of that stunning Wylam taproom. Would be great to hear more dream lists. For example... Desert Island beers or the seven beers of your perfect session. And from Mark at Kelfide, being inspired by this week's Beer O'Clock Show, and I've just written my fantasy pub crawl about a Northern England-only version for now. Hopefully, it'll be on Craft & Slice soon. By the way, guys, it's not Tornado, it's Tornado, a fantastic bar. What was that in reference to?
0: Um... The bar that sold Pliny the Elder for like five or a pint.
1: Oh, is that the one where someone
0: mentioned? Yes, yeah. On, on that okay. Fantasy crew, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Uh, from Cat Sewell at Katrina's. Had a think on my walk in whilst listening. Top three in UK would be one Edwardstone White Horse. That's the Little Earth related. Um, sorry, I'm completely distracted by Steve Sourface to my left here. The Edwardstone White Horse is the one where the Little Earth beers are produced number two the colonel and number three in brackets seeing as it is a fancy, burning sky would have a tap room <laughs> took the fancy to an, an extra yeah. level yeah
0: actually creating somewhere yeah. for someone.
1: if it was worldwide i no- only know i'd end up in reykjavik in skull or schooley and it would be in july as a 24 hour sun
0: um then we got from mark westlake at mark westlake another great podcast on my wish list to visit is atlas brewworks Combining my love of craft beer with death metal. Sounds like an interesting combination. Paul at UNRCD, great podcast, I loved your choices, taking it to the next level, the three places I'd never been to but would look, really like to get to. Garage Beer Co Taproom, you were so close. I was at the door. Northern Monk Taproom, we've been there. And Wylam Taproom, we've been there. I mean, two of those were on but Crimbo Crawls. Crimbo
1: Crawls, you should have come to the early Crimbo Crawls, pool. should have gone in there, Paul, yeah. Uh, From Mr. WP at Mr. Underscore WP. Great show as usual. Under the radar breweries for me are Wild Child, Opaque. Opaque Reality is still such a good beer. Still think North Brew are still very underrated and just keep churning out great beers. Also, newish brewery, Overtone. Not heard of Overtone.
0: Uh,
1: Wild Child and Overtone, I haven't heard of.
0: Heard of Wild Child, but not Overtone.
1: Um, And yeah, I think North Brew, you know, I think... They're sort of underrated and sort of under the radar and sort of aren't.
0: No, they do a. For me, they seem to do a very specific type of beer for a very specific type of customer. Yeah, um, I'm not necessarily that, that customer. Person. Yeah, from Wee Beer Shop at Wee Beer Shop enjoyed the podcast. The majority of your listeners say they prefer free thirties. The majority of our cans that we sell are 440s, but that might be because that's what the popular breweries use. It would be interesting to get breweries' reasons on why they use 440s if you fancy the research. Well, it just so happened. Well, the fancy you is. should say that. Uh, once again, Lee from Brew York, who we, we might as well just have got him on as a guest host for this this show.
1: have saved us then a whole load of talking. Yeah,
0: um, did uh, share some of their reasons, because I think in the last show we mused that at why they did 440s We'd, we'd asked the question But at that, that point he hadn't come back yeah. to
1: us And we spoke about 440s before Yeah
0: and, and he did come back to us So their reasoning behind why they do 440s now as a brewery so Firstly they were told by a number of independent off licences That we supply that they would sell more of our beer If it was in 440s Turns out they were right as sales did increase soon after the change. Secondly, yes there is some efficiency gain, not quite as simply as one third less effort but certainly easier than one third less cans to fill. Also on our machine at least 440ml cans because of the increased weight are more stable so our losses are less, this won't be the case for everyone. Thirdly, branding is huge these days, more than ever, and the larger account allows, allows us to be a mo- bit more creative, so we bought in the flavour wheel when we moved to 440s. So that's the spider diagram that we, still, that, that we keep talking about. Finally, we did have a general perception that that was the way the market was going. I certainly understand the argument for stronger beers in smaller cans, although I'm totally against Portman's starts on maximum units, which singles out craft beer. Unfortunately, more most more basic canning lines like ours are not easily adapted to different sizes and every time you make a a major change like that a very time-consuming recalibration is required so therefore many of us for many of us it needs to be a choice of one or the other not both and so for us we saw 440s as the most viable option hope this helps i think that answers a whole load of the questions that we had from the previous show.
1: I think it does help. I think it's interesting that um, outlets actually recommended the 440s. Yeah. Um, it's very much market-driven, that is, isn't that's it? It's definitely a market-driven. Um, I think there's efficiency both in terms of less cans to fill and less recalibration required. But for me as a consumer, there are still some beers I'd rather have in 330s. Yeah. So I
0: think
1: the logic is perfectly sound from lee and again thank you very much for sharing That's sharing that with a business
0: with us. decision gone into that yeah. as well isn't yeah. it business
1: decisions both from the outlet and from from the brewer and i can't fault what he said but for me as a consumer there are certain beers which i think i would prefer to have the auction as a 330 as a yeah. size
0: we've got a few more uh comments to make but we do have another beer now and, and i'm certainly ready for one are you after that sour so Um,
1: do you have anything else to add other than your sour face that you pulled three times it wasn't for me no um
0: it was fantastically sour i loved it it, or it was tangfastically sour uh you 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 could say it had all of those elements in it um but it really wasn't for me so i'll I'll, I'll hand this one to you to do in terms of the the review on that particular I, i
1: did think it was lovely i think I'm not too sure how many other gooseberry-flavoured beers I've had and I'm, I'm, I, I don't mind gooseberries and it worked really well and it felt like it was really well balanced, it was a spiky sourness as well, that aroma was delicious, so if you're a fan of that kind of sourness, that kind of tartness and you want something that really does, it's actually quite challenging sour this isn't a gateway sour absolutely not no by any stretch of the imagination in fact i would argue that when we did the sour face episode i don't think i managed to get you to pull that face i'd recommend that one
0: okay excellent
1: what are we moving on to here then um moving away from the sour stuff you'll be pleased to hear steve marvellous um blueberry milkshake stout 8.1 percent and it's called stay true okay
0: it's interesting, so we've got, we're going darker, look at the colour of that, it's it's almost purple.
1: There is a bit of purple on there, that there's head. A, there's a
0: purple hue to that, isn't yeah. there, coming out of there, which I guess I guess you'd hope for from a blueberry bit. Well,
1: it does sort of tie in. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm straight away thinking like a blueberry, blueberry muffin at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's, that,
0: that, the
1: that's, nose. that's absolutely nailed it. That's blueberry muffin. Right there, cheers. cheers. Let's, let's see, I love the colour of the head though, that bit of purple in it. Wow! Oh, I'm going to echo that. That is a wow! How tasty is that? So, like I said, eight point one percent. There's only one. It's only, it's a single hop. Really? Columbus T ninety. Uh, bags of malts though, by the looks of it. So, pale flaked oats, flaked barley, crystal one fifty, crystal four hundred, chocolate, carafa free which we already had a beer earlier tonight when we did the Periscope That's show.
0: That's the one that I feel is predominantly used in a black yeah.
1: Um And honey malt as well. And if we look at the spider's web, um, the hot character is obviously very low. The bitterness is quite low. Mouthfeel, sweetness, fruitiness, and malt is what is really highlighted on the spider's web. Interestingly, the blueberry rating is a three out of five on their scale of blueberries. Versus when we had like the mango... Which is quite high, and I think that's probably about right. Actually, I think that's quite well balanced.
0: I think I think it's understated. T- to this point, the only other blueberry beer that I can remember that I've had is the one that Vocation and Yeasty Boys did for Tesco. Yes, the, the blueberry breakfast muffin waffle waffle stout yeah. thing, which which was a beautiful beer, and again available for three quid a can yeah. at Tesco's. Exactly what you want. This has got all of those elements ramped up. Yeah. In terms of its flavour, its mouthfeel, the body that's in
1: there. It's just incredible. So we've got plenty of sugars are involved in this, plus blueberries, lactose, hops and yeast. Unfiltered, unpasteurised, natural, vegetarian, friendly beer. That's delicious. It's, it's actually delicious. Yeah. I have to be I think that's fantastic and I love the fact for that head it's got that just that it's, little it, bit of purple it's, it's,
0: yeah and that's the thing that really brings it, it to life it's got this hue on it that lets you know that you're drinking something a little bit special and a little bit different
1: yeah. and do you know what it's 8.1% bangs the flavour bangs the aroma it's quite light very light very light that would fool me I wouldn't fix it's got no alcohol burn either no it's just very ge- very gentle, eight point one percent. That would.
0: It's a balanced sweetness on the finish, and I still think you nailed it. What you said at the start there—it's it's, it's blueberry
1: muffin. Yeah, that's that. You're essentially drinking a blueberry muffin beer. But that you know, but again, what I'm not getting with this one is that milkshake element.
0: No, but I'm I'm, I'm pleased. Oh yeah, so am I at, at, at that.
1: Especially after the mango, and you're probably yeah. especially pleased after the sour yeah. as well. But. That milkshake element isn't coming through. No. Incredible. Not a bad beer Absolutely to finish off on, is it? that
0: beer, yeah. A uh, few more comments then uh, from some of our listeners on previous shows. Gregor at Gregor underscore J underscore was thinking about the crowdfunding thing. And although I, I am unwilling to participate in crowdfunding, I think breweries should set up rare beer clubs like in the US to increase revenue. You pay a joining fee and then you're guaranteed a limited member only releases. I'd be up for that. Something slightly different. Maybe? True,
1: but I mean isn't that something similar to what brew dog do as part of their you have the auctions have the abstract?
0: Yeah, but you've got to have invested to yeah. a certain level to to get the abstract beers.
1: Meantime used to do something like that. Did they? They used to have a seller club which you could do but they obviously wasn't they weren't making enough money on yeah. that So clearly the UK market isn't quite ready for it. I would say it probably isn't, and those beers probably wouldn't be that cheap either. No. I don't think so. So I think you could end you could end up with a few duffers in there and spend quite a lot of money. Yeah. So I think it's a lovely idea, but I think you really have to trust the brewer you're investing in for that. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Reilly out
0: on great podcast as usual. Uh, there are. 48,000 pubs in the UK in 2017, which is the most recent figure I can find, probably down to 46, 47, 000 now. That means that Stonegate now have around 10% of all UK
1: pubs. And that's why he's our number one fat
0: guy. It is, absolutely I did yes. say fact, not fact.
1: Fact. Just to be clear. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, or, or our official statistician, if we could say that's that. Why way, said, yeah, but that's why I said fat guy, fact guy. Fact guy is much better, yeah. yeah. And then finally, from Mike Maguire at Maguire, Mike, you guys have been smashing it lately. Beaver Town, Marble, Tate, Sizes, Liverpool, Smoke, Face or, or Lack of, and the fancy Pub Call. All very inter- entertaining and incisive. This planned episode will continue that trend. Keep it up, lads. And I think that was, he was getting quite excited about the fact that we were talking about the interview that we had on earlier on in the yeah, show. Yeah, no, thank you very much, as Mike. As being part of this show. And we hope to continue that. Into the, the, the next season, yes. which we'll, we'll, we'll come on to
3: shortly. In
1: a, in a little while. We've still got a few questions, Steve.
3: Questions, questions, fill my head.
0: Yeah. So here we go then. Just a quick opinion. Why do so many IPAs have a short use-by date? Seems strange, as by definition, designed to be shipped across the world. And that was from Mark Westlake at Mark Westlake. Now, it's an interesting one, because historically, we've all read the... Well, I'm, I'm assuming we've all read Pete... Pete, yeah. Pete Brown's first book, which is essentially the history of the IPA. Uh, yes, historically they were designed to be shipped around the world and that's why they were heavily hopped, to allow them to make that journey without degrading. Well, you know, the, the hops but they essentially
1: knew, act, as a, act as a preservative. Exactly, and that's what I've written down, but they knew that it would degrade, but by heavily hopping it on day one, or for shipment, by the time it arrived where it was supposed to, it would be more akin to what the beer was like back at home. Yes. So you're shipping out to the colonies. You're amping up everything. So by the time it gets there, having rolled about on a hot ship, no, there's definitely no cold chain in those days. No. You will end up hopefully with a beer that is akin to the one that they left back at home six months, one year, two years ago, depending how long they've been out in the colonies for. So that's what I think is that reason for the historical stuff. So many beers having short shelf life. Depends how cynical you want to be on that answer, I suppose. But beers and tastes have changed.
0: And over time, we've become driven. We want the freshest flavours, the freshest tastes. And and therefore, these days, IPAs are very much about drink fresh now.
1: They are about drink fresh fresh now.
0: Because you want the full flavour of the hops that have gone into it.
1: But there are plenty of beers I've had which are getting close to end of life. And they've still been perfectly good. Or in my mind have been perfectly good still so there's probably an element of you know like the whole born before born before you die the born is born before you die born to die born to die from brew dog stone by those kind of ones yeah then there's an element of marketing involved in that as well yes there is because i've had both of those beers the stone and the brew dog on the date and they still tasted good yeah and sometimes i would argue they probably taste a bit better than when they drunk them straight mm-hmm. away, so I think there's there's a multitude of reasons. It's lo- it's a lovely question, and I think that you know a few listeners may want to expand on our our answers anyway.
0: Yeah, as as always, get involved. Hashtag opinions. David Crane at Fifty TVG, who apparently is the
1: two brews, Colchester Monkey. Um, I didn't know. I know two brews had a dog.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I think David works for yeah. brews when Paul's not around. Um, he bought a couple of bottles of Lone Star from a burger joint in Colchester, who were experimenting with craft beer a couple of months back. But um, I'm, an unta- I'm an untapped goblin, and truth be told, we'll try everything that's on that's offer, right? So, with that in mind, do you think that bars, pubs, and tap rooms are better off getting in out their lines as say one-offs with cult appeal if they can
1: sell them? Yeah. That'd be my answer.
0: I I don't think places in Colchester are going to sell those sort of things.
1: In the general scheme of things, no. I'd imagine he probably would have been the only person that evening buying Lone Star. I reckon so. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. Stu Chant... At Chance Stew. Hi guys, newish listeners, so forgive if this has already been answered before. Uh, firstly, welcome, Stew. Yeah. Before we go any further, uh, what do you think uh, constitutes an IPA these days? Anything from, questions uh, anything, about for,
1: anything from Green King.
0: yeah absolutely 3.8% that's what you want in your IPA Uh, there are so many different variants of the style it seems to be difficult to fit them all under the single umbrella of IPA from double IPA to New England IPA DDH IPA black IPA and beyond how can such different beers be the same a single brewery example Jaipur and Green Mountain I like them both very much but wouldn't say they're close enough in flavour aroma or mouthfeel to simply be a variant of a single style sorry for the long question just curious as to what your thoughts were on this cheers
1: i would say that he's all he's for me he's partly answered it at the start of his question by saying a single umbrella so i think you have an umbrella of ipa and you have all these subsets of styles yeah, absolutely yeah yeah um, if i liken it to say and you know, a little bit maybe a little bit deep this bit the answer but say to christianity and you have anglian anglicans you have roman catholics you have orthodox and a multitude of other religions all come under the general banner of christianity but very very different even just going to a church of england or roman catholic service will be very different services where whereas beers a double ipa new england ipa and a ddh ipa can be very very different absolutely as we yeah. experience we've experienced it we've had a ddh panel right not strictly an ipa but with a black ipa and the periscope show so yeah these are very different beers the ipa is a base and i can understand where the question comes from but I think while you carry on separating them out, you're fine. For me, it's where you just go IPA and you don't give me a hint whether it's a West Coast, what start? Yeah. a New England or something else in between but I'm not even sure it exists. That's when I have a problem. So I'm quite happy with the subcategories now because then I can go for the West Coast IPA as a starting point and decide if I want the others. Whereas if you just go IPA, then I'd suddenly get a New England that I might go, oh.
0: I think one of the things that underlies what you, you, you've said there is just, just drink what you enjoy as, as well and don't worry too much about it. So if, if you're enjoying drinking Jaipur and Green Mountain, that's absolutely brilliant. Yes, they're both IPAs, so to speak, but they are very different Oh, in, in, in terms of what they are. But if you're enjoying them, does it matter what they are? No, but I still, like the question.
1: I think it's you know, a great question, especially yeah. from a uh, you know from a new listener from Stu Child. I, I do like I do like that. So yeah, I think it's a great question. If anyone else wants again to expand on that, go ahead. But if you've got cans of Jipe and Green Mountain going around and you're not sure which one you like, bring them over here, and we'll drink them for we'll you. We'll drink them for you and let you know. Uh, final
0: question then, Mike Maguire at Maguire Mike. When going to a family or friends event and there is a mix of crafty, non-crafty people, do you dip into your stash for some
1: quality or keep it simple with some core staples? Depends if I'm sharing. So you had a bar- you ha- held a barbecue your friends yes. a couple of weeks ago for your son's birthday. And I brought some beers around. And maybe it's because we already know that generally we're going to stick to our own beer. So I brought a few beers that I knew I'd like we had a few sharers in there between us as well. And your friend, Colin, who was ho- hosting it for us, is just dipping his toe. Early stages of his beer journey, yeah. 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 Um, so he was quite willing to try them. So I think it depends where I'm keeping them to myself or where I'm gonna share. And sometimes it's nice just to rock up with, and I've done it, maybe eight punk. Yeah. And for me, I don't necessarily see that as the top end of craft these days but I can drink it, enjoy it, not think about it, don't have to talk about it. Like on the boat, you know, someone said, because we particularly asked on the cruise, can we have some punk IPA? And they said, this is the last two. We said, yeah, but it's raining outside. Will there be any more? He said, well, we'll go and find some. And some guy said to us, you know, why is that so special? just because we like it. Mm. That's the only reason, because we like it. So if, if you can get us some more, please do. Um, I'm not going to bring, beer I think other people will like per se because otherwise what will I, what will I have
0: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to a, to a do to bring beers for others to drink yeah I'm, I'm bringing my drink for, for, for that do if it's if there's a communal kind of sharing pot then I'd like
1: to know that in yeah. advance because I'll bring stuff to
0: put into communal pot
1: so it will definitely, it'll definitely be based on what sort of gathering I'm going to
0: well let's I mean let's take Clayfest as another example so so we would all bring our own beers for supping, but we know there's also going to be a share. Yeah. So and we'd all bring beers for sharing, which we, we kind of all select yes. because we know the group. Yeah. If it's if it's a less crafty crowd, you might very well bring a, a, a case of punk yeah. because you know it's a gateway beer. And if and if someone says, Oh, what's that? Can I try one?
1: I'll go, yeah, go on. Feel free. Yeah. So I brought I brought a stack of it.
0: Yeah. So it's fine, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Good question though. Especially, especially this time of year when it's uh, barbecues and stuff.
0: Absolutely love that. And, and, and as always, keep the questions coming. Use the hashtag opinions and we will find them. We've just opened the second can of this beer. <laughs> I we think we are obviously loving it. Is this, this one. It's it a great delicious. beer. Considering that with this beer, we've now done 11 different Brew York beers over the space of two episodes.
1: Um, well, first thing I would like to say is that all the beers... Have pretty much been as described on the cans. Yes, without doubt. So, and I'm loving some of the titles of the beers as well. This beer may well be the favourite out of the lot, actually. I think it is for me. Because well. 8.1%, it, it feels surprisingly light for that. I probably wouldn't have pitched it much over at 6%. The blueberry comes through, still loving the colour, that, that little bit of purple hue on the head. The fruit comes through, the aroma's lovely. I think you could share this with a few people and they'd be quite surprised to find out what this kind of beer is. I think they'd love it. But again, what I would say is that a few of their beers I would have been put off by their descriptions because of the use of the word milkshake.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, this one again is described as a blueberry milkshake stout. I'm just thinking it's a blueberry stout. You could have just called this a blueberry stout and and, and got away with it. Blueberry breakfast style. And they maybe. called it milkshake yeah. because that's where the market is at the moment with these kind of milkshake Maybe,
0: maybe. And, and certainly from what Lee was saying earlier about the brand and yeah. the way they've, they've, they've gone about it.
1: But if we hadn't been very gratefully sent these, it's maybe a bit i would have bypassed if I'd been in a retailer. Same here,
0: actually. Same here. Um, and, and much to my detriment as, yes. as well because like, like you say, it's certainly... In, in terms of all the beers that we've tried, I mean, I absolutely loved the Bar Guest American yep. Stout that we did on the last show. That that was a stunner for, for me. But this has just gone that one step further. It's 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 just everything is perfectly balanced and in proportion yeah. in this beer.
1: Well, we've opened up. We don't need to open up on a Tuesday night a second can of eight point one percent beer, but it felt like we had to.
0: No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there right now. I'm, big statement. This is gonna. This is probably a contender for beer of the year for me right now. Ooh. Because it's, I, I could drink a lot of this. Lee, I, I, I hope could you're listening happily, to this. I could happily
1: drink a lot of this and it's, it's properly enjoyable. Well, you definitely wander off and get lost then. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I Where's point. Steve in York? Oh no, he's in Leeds. He's, he's somewhere. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wandered off. He's in the Moors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that note, just massive, massive thanks to Lee uh, at Brew York for sending um, us, and not just such us a, a range beers, of beers,
1: but sending us a list of what all the beers were about, and for the detailed information for the show. Oh, as well. and getting
0: involved, yeah, get getting involved, giving us follow up information on the last show, information for this show. It, it, it's been brilliant. I don't think we've ever had a had a brewery get that involved in in,
1: in, uh, in what we've done. Probably the closest is Steve at Beano, though. Yeah. He's been involved a few times in the past, yeah. and all, especially when we're talking about the heritage styles. But, Lee, the last couple of episodes, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely brilliant. It, it's, it's been great, and I am probably going to enjoy the rest of this the, the, This Blue Ribbon. Oh, it looks so, lovely right now, doesn't it? It's so. got
1: like a, what, a two-finger head. Yeah, it's on, a beautiful paw. Yeah. It's a
0: beautiful paw right there.
1: What have we got coming up?
0: Well, let's um, give the folks a little bit of a preview of what we've got coming up.
1: For our autumn season. So let's see if I've got, so we've got a couple of away days. We have.
0: Do yeah, you I remember see. them? Uh, you, Le- just, oh. you just know we're going out to places. Leon T. So yeah, we're, we're hoping to do a show with Leon T. Brewery uh, at their taproom. Yeah. Uh, which is
1: very local to where I am, where yeah. I live. Um, and probably, i put it out there, one of the more uh, forward thinking uh, brewers in the Essex, on the Essex beer scene. Which is why we're doing something with them. Yes.
0: Poss- possibly, because we've been, it's fair to say, quite critical of, of the Essex brilliant yeah. scene, not being innovative enough. Yep, yeah, and very heavy
1: um, DSL places like Sussex.
0: Yes, and, and these guys are certainly pushing it out yeah. there, so we want to we want to be in there, want to be chatting to them, want to be finding out what their their, their philosophy is about, behind what they're doing.
1: And I think, if I'm correct in saying that we're hoping that the new chairman of SEBA is going to join us on the show.
0: We have certainly got a, a date penciled in with James Yeah, um, to do something with him. He has hit the ground running. Big time, and he is definitely making some waves. And so we're looking forward to having a chat with James, and essentially, as 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 we do, having him as a co-host on the show and enjoying some beers and yeah, definitely, and and, and talking through the show. In addition to that, uh, as as we mentioned earlier on this evening, um we are going to be doing a show with Howling Hops. um, Are we doing?
1: Are we doing that tank bar down at their tank bar? How many um, tanks are we going to have on for us? Oh, Hopefully all of them. Brilliant. Um, so it'll be Chris Hall talking and us drinking, us, us, us drinking for yeah. the tanks.
0: So Chris is just going to talk and we're going to be drinking. We're just going to lie background.
1: down yeah. under the tanks, beyond the bar.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're also going to have uh, the now traditional post-Crimbo Crawl show coming up. We're no. not sure if we're going to be recording it the morning after. Logistics yeah. might not allow that. But it will will certainly be the day after the morning after.
1: If we can do it the morning after, we will. Yeah, yeah. If we can find a way of doing it, we'll. we're, we're staying in different places this time. So. We are. Um, but for those
0: that don't know, this year's Crimbo course in Manchester, sixth and seventh of December. Uh, details coming at the end of September in, in in terms of the route. And then, as always, we'll have our end of year review show, um, which will be quite late this year, and will be. be I mean. think in terms of our schedule, we'll be out on Boxing Day. Yeah.
1: So sorry about ruining your Christmas.
0: Yeah. Um, but something for you to look forward to after you've had your Christmas dinner and presents—be
1: <laughs> very close to Christmas when we record it. Yes, it will
0: do. It, it will. And then looking a little bit further ahead, and all we're going to say right now is the next show after the end of year review is hashtag #Opinions100. Big mo- big moment. And we'll leave that there. Heard of fault. For, for now, um, but all of that starts with our next show, which is actually our third birthday. I know. So that's for a going to be quite an exciting show to do, isn't it? It's, it's our third soon. birthday show. Bloody so hell. So maybe we'll do a little bit of looking back. I know we're going we're, we're gonna to do some of the new Tesco beers yep. as, uh, as well. We're going to have a chat about those. But maybe we'll have a look, about, look, look at some of our highlights over the last three years and, 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 and see where we're going from there. Blimey. Three years. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? it? Just one more year and we've been going for a lot, as long as the original O'Clock show. Blimey
1: definitely wouldn't afford that no that's, seriously not afford that's that's that. absolutely not but
0: it's, oh. it's, it's been an absolute ride on that note on that note let's um let's cheers this cheers and let's um enjoy the rest of this blueberry milkshake
1: definitely go enjoy
0: stay
2: the cooking all the cooking all the cooking all the time she paid it for the lime she put the lime in the cooking all she drank and pulled up she put the lime in the cooking now she drank and pulled up She put the lime in the cooking she drank and pulled up She put the lime in the cooking she called the doctor Woke him up and said Doctor, ain't there nothing I can take I said doctor